Hello, everybody. Welcome into the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. We're going live right now. So if you're watching on the NBA Front Office YouTube channel, if you're watching on, on my uh, Twitter feed, that's cool. Welcome in. We're going to be talking all about last night's NBA draft. Certainly eventful and a lot to break down today. Of course, we'll talk about the Russell Westbrook trade, the big trade sending him to the Lakers. We'll talk about all the different draft picks along the way. We'll talk about what teams did well, what teams didn't do so well. Lots to break down. As always, joining me is Keith Smith. Keith, how are you doing, man? How are you holding up? I'm I'm feeling it a little bit today, a little bit worn down from what was what was a busy day yesterday. Yeah, well, I mean, you've you had a busier day than I think I did. I I you know didn't have to then go record multiple videos and uh, talk about just the Russell Westbrook trade. Um, but I'm going to make you talk about it again uh, here on front office show. Cause we haven't done it here, but yeah, I, I'm all right. I get chased by an alligator this morning oh. as I went on my morning walk. Uh, yeah. I put a picture up on my Twitter. He came tearing out of the retention pond and I was like, Holy crap. And, and literally ran faster than I have in years. So, uh, so that's something for everybody. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm uh, absolutely, you know, um, psyched and re- ready to go here. You know, where um this is our thing, right? You and I love this stuff. We're we're ready. It was absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, uh, theater yesterday with all that. We're going to break it all down. We're going to talk all 30 teams uh, here on the front office show. We're going to talk about the Lakers first and then get into the rest of the Western Conference, then get into the Eastern Conference. Every team will be mentioned, even if they didn't do anything yesterday, because they've still got some stuff to do uh, coming up here in the next week. But we're, we're excited. We're, we're ready to go. And I will tell you guys this. I'm wearing green. If you know, you probably think it's because of the Celtics. It's not because a lot of what we're going to be talking about today is cash money. That's right. I like it. I like it. Cash money. And and Keith, you know, you may have been chased by an alligator, but I bet it wasn't really an alligator. I bet it was actually Loki. Oh, it might have been. I should have looked for the little horn. There it is. Good call. I'll give that a look when I go on my walk tomorrow. (laughs) All right. Well, let's uh, let's dive right into it here. By the way, guys, if you're not if you haven't done so already, make sure you are subscribed to the NBA front office YouTube channel. where We're putting out new content constantly. We aim for every day. We were going to have something out a couple of days ago that we actually recorded. We had it all done, all set. And then technological issues happened. And unfortunately, we were not able to release it. So apologize that it's been a couple of days, but obviously things will be pretty consistent from here on out. Uh, Keith, I guess the place to start to start is the Lakers with their their Russell Westbrook trade. I guess first, yeah. let's get let's get your take on it. I know from our text, you have some opinions on what the Lakers did. Yeah, I don't love it uh, for for the Lakers. I think the fits a little weird. So let, let me let me let me expound, and and, and we're, we won't spend a ton of time on this because this trade's already been analyzed to death all over the place. But but it, it's easily the biggest move that's happened thus far this offseason, So we have to talk about it. I think in the regular season this will be fine because I think you're going to see the Lakers likely play a large amount of games with one of the three not playing. Even if they all stay healthy, it's probably going to mean one of the three is resting. Westbrook has rested on a regular basis now, uh, rarely plays back-to-backs anymore. I think the Lakers are going to be extremely cautious after kind of how things fell apart for them last year was so uh, heavily related to injuries that it was going to be the right move forward is don't push these guys too hard because the whole goal is get to the playoffs healthy and ready to go. But that's the issue. Well, that's one of the issues when you get to the playoffs, 
it gets a little messy with Russell Westbrook because what we've seen the last several years is teams almost treat him like how they treat Ben Simmons, but it can almost sometimes be a little bit worse because Russ will shoot you out of games where Simmons did, you know, at least he won't shoot and he's going to move the ball around and those kind of things. Sometimes you do see Russ get a little shot happy and in that. Now I would like to think when he's with LeBron and AD Mm -hmm. that, gets tamped down some and and isn't a thing but just because of his struggles as a jump shooter it, it you know it could be an issue come playoff time uh second major thing is how in the heck do you fill out this roster because right. it is whoa boy are they expensive they're at about 130 million in payroll already which is you know you're already way up near the luxury tax now uh they're they're gonna be a tax team there's no way to avoid being a tax team um i believe they have a, it's funny because somebody said, what's the biggest need? And I was like, guys who can play just, you know, all over the place. You know, I mean, you, you kind of have three guys you can count on right now. It, that's, and I'm not saying you can't count on THT and a couple of the other guys on the roster, but they're not signed. So until they're signed, you know, we got to kind of, you know, be, be cautious here. But I do think they'll re-sign Caruso and Horton Tucker, and those guys will fill rotation roles and they'll be good. But you need bigs, you need shooters, you need three and D guys, you need another Point guard probably behind Westbrook just because we know he's not going to play 82 games. Uh, You need all sorts of depth. And the way to get that is it's somewhat limited. I said this a month ago maybe when we were talking about the Lakers. I think re-signing some of the guys, maybe if you don't even really want them, just to have them as trade pieces moving forward is the way to go. So maybe somebody like Wesley Matthews or Markeith Morris, so you can at least start to stack some salaries together to go get some stuff. Everybody's looking at, you know, can't you sign and trade Dennis Schroeder? Sure. Yeah. But as Trevor has gotten very fond of saying, the sign comes first, right? The player has to agree. You can't just be, you know, unilaterally, we're going to sign him and trade him. He has a say. So it's like you can say, hey, we're sending you off to Orlando for, you know, three of their guys that we like. If, if he doesn't want to go there, he doesn't have to. So so that's, that's now where for what we do here on Front Office Show, I am now endlessly fascinated with how Rob Palenka and crew go about building a roster because I think it's going to be absolutely uh, incredible to watch what they do with such limited resources to go get 11 guys at least to fill out this team. Well, and that's the the one thing is this pretty much guarantees that they will not trigger a hard cap. You're not going to see them bring in a player via sign and trade because they can't really. Like if they yeah. were to trigger a hard cap, they can't field the legal roster. So that's the, <laughs> yeah. that's the problem. So obviously you're it's not going to see a funny. player. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I mean, they, they wouldn't just, be able yeah, to. I mean, yeah, it's, it's just kind of funny to think about them sitting there and they're like, Hey, we want to add this guy. And they'd be like, no, you know, no, you try again. <laughs> no, try again. <laughs> like it just kind of makes me laugh. So, and, and here's the thing, right? We've got, so we now have certainty there, right? We know that they're not going to bring in a player via sign and trade. So forget the DeMar DeRozan stuff. Uh, we know that they're not going to use the full mid-level exception. They're not going to use more than the taxpayer mid-level exception because that would, again, trigger the hard cap, and they're now in a spot where they can't do that. So now we've got some certainty in terms of looking at their future targets. And like you said, it's going to come down to how they build out the rest of this roster. Now, we've already heard word that Anthony Davis and LeBron James are both planning on sliding down to the five and the four, respectively, in order to make a little bit more room for Westbrook and to make sure that you have enough shooting on the floor. So they understand that there's issues. See, here's the thing. I've got a lot of Lakers fans who, if you say anything negative about this trade, they jump on your case. Oh, you're just a Westbrook hater. Or, you know, you know, you just don't like the Lakers or, or whatever. 
it's okay, I think, to be objective and to say, you know what? This is why the Lakers did it. These are the challenges they're now mm-hmm. facing. It's not the end of the world, right? The Lakers won a championship mm-hmm. in 2020. And we said going in, they need more wing defenders. At the end of the day, it didn't matter, but that doesn't mean it wasn't true. They still needed more wing defenders that season. They were able to overcome that challenge, though, and they were able yep. to get around it. The Lakers definitely need more shooting, and they need defense. They're going to have a real tough time if they don't put shooters into those other two starting spots. So if it's Westbrook, AD, and LeBron, your other two guys that are on the floor with them better be really, really good shooters. So how Rob yeah. Lincoln goes about getting those things is going to be really interesting to see. And again, I'm not going to say there's no way this can work because we've already heard that there's veteran players lining up to join the Lakers because they want 100%. to sign up with, with with a big three. This can still yeah. work. It's just now your margin for error is very small. For example, like if DeMar Rosen said, hey, I'll come join up. I'll take the, you know, I'll take the taxpayer mid-level exception, but I have to be in the starting lineup. You got to think, oh man, we can't have another non-shooter there. Like there's some complications, right? <laughs> sure. So we just have to be real about what this means. There's also the flip side. There's the positives, right? You get to take some of the burden off of LeBron James. Hopefully yeah, it means a healthier time. LeBron. That was really important for the Lakers. Having another playmaker. Clearly, they did not think Dennis Schroeder was that guy. They were looking for somebody else that not only can get into the paint, which Schroeder can do, but they wanted somebody who can create open looks for other players. Westbrook is certainly superior to Schroeder in that regard. You've also yeah, got... let me chime in on that yeah, real quick. I just and apologize for interrupting you, but and I'll make this very brief. I don't Good. care what you think about Russell Westbrook. He's an upgrade over Dennis Schroeder. Absolutely. He just is. You know, and I, and I don't and I'm not even somebody who really dislikes Dennis Schroeder as a player, but Westbrook is an upgrade over Dennis Schroeder just with the things he can do even as he gets a little older and he's, you know, slowing down just maybe a tick, he's still a better player. He, he's the kind of guy that can still go get the ball, create something good for you at the end of the game, uh, much easier than a guy like Dennis Schroeder can. Now, you could question, you know, how much of that do you need when you have LeBron? But as you said, LeBron, I think, was pretty clear at points last season. He needs help in the form of he doesn't want to have to bring the ball up the court every time. Yeah. He doesn't want to have to set the offense every time. He doesn't want to be the guy, you know, for 35 minutes a night that has to be the engine of everything. He would like to have a play where he can spot up in the corner, you know, and, and maybe the ball comes to him and he's the secondary attack or right. something like that. And that's what Westbrook gives you. Absolutely. And that's something that uh, that Westbrook can can bring to your team. Hopefully you get a more well-rested LeBron James as the season goes on. Remember, he's turning 37, right? So this is important for the Lakers in order to preserve LeBron a little bit and have his longevity. Uh, So there's a lot to like about this, too. When we look at just purely adding Westbrook to the Lakers roster, it complicates things a little bit. You have to be very careful with how you build out the roster around him. For example, like I I was talking about this earlier today with the the LakersNation.com staff. We looked at who would be the best taxpayer mid-level and who would be the worst and arguably I said maybe the worst taxpayer mid-level exception would be to bring back Andre Drummond because you could almost never play Drummond and Westbrook at the same time because you'd have so many spacing issues you can get around having one non-shooter on the team two on the floor at the same time is a big 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 challenge so it's just going to dictate how they build from here but it's not like this is going to be just there's some people who are treating this as though this is a disaster for the Lakers. It's the end of the Lakers. They're done. This was the dumbest thing they could possibly do. And the world is, is ending, right? Like I'm not there. Let's see how they build this thing out. I don't think they went into it 
say, well, let's just get Russ and then we'll figure everything out later and shooting. Who needs that? I I think there's a plan and we're going to see that plan be executed over the next week and a half or so. Yeah. And the other thing I, that I, you know, kind of reminded everybody too, if it all goes sideways and looks terrible, can always trade Russell Westbrook again. And that's 44 million in salary to go do something with. And that's another reason why, again, they're not going to hard cap themselves because they want to leave all that flexibility. Um, Not to short this trade in the Lakers talk, because we're going to do a lot of that over the next week as we get into free agency. Um, And we're not going to go through a million names. Go check out Lakers Nation because it sounds like you guys did that. You know, best additions. What I will say is, this is a summer to not a summer to go get a star. If you've watched any of the front office show, you know, we've been saying that over and over again, but there's good depth, especially with role players and on the wing and with ball handlers and things like that. So there's all kinds of depth out there that, that, that they can make happen. And I think what's important here is guys are going to get squeezed because all of a sudden it's going to be, I thought I was going to get a chunk of the mid-level from somebody or the whole mid-level from somebody that didn't materialize. All of a sudden now it's looking like I'm going to have to sign for the veteran minimum. And I've said all along the Lakers have even before this trade, Trevor can, can tell you guys that I've said this is the Lakers are in LA. They have roles and minutes and they're a title contender. If I'm signing for the vet minimum and the money's the same literally on every team in the NBA, I want to play, I want to have a real role, and I want to um, contend for a title. And why not be in a place that's nice to live where everybody likes living? So, you know, off we go. So they're going to really have their kind of pick. And I think you're going to see some guys potentially even delay a little bit. Uh, if the Lakers put them in a holding pattern of, you know, okay, hey, you know, player X, Y, and Z, you want to join up. Well, we're going to sign two of you, but, you know, let's wait and see. I think players might wait on that, especially if they're minimum guys, because why not? So, you know, w- without you know, going super deep, because we do want to get to every team today, I think the Lakers are are in a really good position to do something like this this year because of the uniqueness of this offseason. And I do want to address something going on in the chat right now. There's a little debate happening uh, of whether or not, number one, the Lakers can still get Buddy Heald, and number two, whether or not the Lakers can actually sign and trade Dennis Schroeder. So first of all, number one, uh, (laughs) yes, that is possible. But heres I've been cautioning Lakers fans. If you go into this expecting to still get Buddy Heald, there's a decent chance you're going to be disappointed. Probably a really yeah. good chance yeah. you're going to be disappointed. So yeah. don't look at it as, okay, Buddy Heald is coming in a, in a couple of days, but it is possible because the trade can't be can't be done until August 6th. It's possible for yeah. it still to be expanded and Buddy Heald to be included if you loop in a sign and trade with Dennis Schroeder there. And that speaks to the other question. Again, we went much further into detail over on the LakersNation.com YouTube channel on how exactly that would work. But the other piece to that, yes, the Lakers can still sign and trade Dennis Schroeder. They can't accept a player via sign and trade right now because it would hard cap them. They also don't really have much to send out anymore at this point. But uh, you can still sign a player and trade them away to another team. So, yes, that is very much still on the table. And right now, the Lakers have to be kind of keeping their fingers crossed and hoping that that is the way things play out, that a team that's going that wants to sign Schroeder does not have the cap room to do so, and then they can get some kind of asset uh, in, in return for them. I'm so proud. Brings a tear to my eye. We, we're getting the message out That's there. That's right. Uh, yeah, between 
Trevor, myself, and Eric Pincus, we are going to make sure every single Lakers fan knows you can sign and trade a player away without getting hard capped. <laughs> I think we're going to say that probably right until everybody who could be signed and traded is signed and traded um, away. And then the last thing, because just education piece, because I've had a bunch of people ask why this can't be done until August 6th. Uh, Kyle Kuzma is poison pill restricted, so that means his his salary counts different on both sides of the trade right now because his extension has not kicked in yet. So you have to wait till his extension kicks in and he's actually making the $13 million to make the math work in this trade. So that that's why it has to wait till August 6th. That's why the Lakers still picked at uh, 22. And uh, we had, I don't, I don't remember if their guy got a hat or not. I can't remember the guy I that was selected yeah. there, but um, yeah. So it just, it, it's, it's dumb. It, it's the single stupidest thing about the draft, but you know, we, we love the draft anyway despite the dumb stuff absolutely all right let's (laughs) are you ready to yes let's let's move on and we're getting a lot of people that are that are chiming in asking all kinds of questions and comments and things like that we're going to go through so as we get to each one fire off your questions and your comments but uh keith we're going to start in the western conference um yep where where are you going first we're going to start so guys just so you can follow along if you want to prep those questions maybe throw them in the chat and get them to us we're going to go alphabetical by city by division and we're going to start with the southwest division so that starts us with the dallas mavericks who at the 2021 nba draft did absolutely nothing (laughs) so um but we're, we said we're going to talk all 30 teams. Yep. Mavericks didn't have any picks, so so there was nothing for them to do. Here's kind of what's outstanding for Dallas right now is Willie Cauley-Stein's team option has not been decided upon yet. Josh Richardson's player option has not been decided upon yet. Uh, they also need to uh, guarantee uh, Jalen Brunson. They will guarantee Jalen Brunson. We know that. They, he's too valuable for $1.8 million for them to let him walk. Yep. The Richardson decision sounds like it is truly one where he is stuck. I think his his issue is, from the way I'm reading this and the things I'm hearing, is he doesn't want to opt in knowing he's then going to be traded. Because then he loses any ability to pick where he's going to go. So I think that's his his kind of sticking point right now is – Do I opt out and pick my own destination and bet I can get the mid-level from somebody or a large chunk of it? Or do I opt in for what will probably be more money in single-year salary, but I may not stay here in Dallas and I may get sent somewhere I don't want to be? So that's kind of the outstanding things for Dallas. We, we, you know, Overall, it's going to be about putting the best possible team around Luka and keeping him happy as a contender and all those kind of things. A Porzingis trade, re-signing Tim Hardaway Jr. But those are the immediate decisions that will be made here in the next day or two and those decisions yeah they have to be made by tomorrow i believe is august 1st oh okay so they have have an extra day okay so two more days i saw a lot of decisions that were due by the 31st they've got until august 1st okay so that gives them a couple days and then the brunson's guarantee date is august 2nd we know that that, just put that one out of your mind we know they're gonna pick him up yeah there would be it would be insane not to pick that up so absolutely they'll pick that up uh for the maps you know what right now it's all about uh, it's all about the free agency hunt. They're one of the names that's out there for Kyle Lowry. If you can go and get him, obviously that would be great. Yep. I think they're going to look to add pieces right now. They and the Pelicans are kind of in similar situations in that they have young star players that are ready to win maybe a little bit earlier than uh, than anybody was expecting. And so they're going to make some win now moves and see what they can do to, to reach that next level. But uh, yeah, I, I, you know, the Mavs, they didn't do anything on draft night, but nobody expected them to with no picks. Yep. 
And, and again, we're not going to blow it. That's not the last time we'll talk to Mavs. We'll talk them as we get into other stuff and as we hear things. And we'll talk about Richardson's decision when it's actually made on, on other uh, future shows. This show, we're going to touch on offseason stuff beyond the draft, but it's mostly going to be focused on the draft. And so let's go to the Houston Rockets, yeah. who, who they had a busy night. Ooh, they they had four players in the first round. Um, so they, they had already had three first round picks. They, they went and traded for an extra one. So ju- just as a recap for everybody, Jalen Green, with the second pick then they traded for the 16th pick with the oklahoma city thunder uh they gave up uh two future first round picks in that deal picks that they were owed uh from washington and detroit are going to go to okc uh they used that selection to draft alperin schengen um who's a big man we'll talk about each one of these guys a little bit here in a minute then with their own their other two picks that they had that were their own coming into the night, uh, they drafted Usman Garuba and Josh Christopher. So let's start with Jalen Green, kind of the consensus second player uh, in the draft. I, very few places had him not the number two player behind behind Cade Cunningham. So I think, uh, you know, it's hard to give Houston too much praise, but they did the right thing. They they took, in my opinion, the, the second best guy with the number two pick. You, you did what you should do. Yeah, absolutely. And I've seen some people who've suggested maybe he could wind up being the best player in the draft. But I, I mean, look, when you're when you're picking that high, what you want to do is, is not blow it. Right. Don't wind up being the team that drafts a bust because that's going to set you back. You can look back, you know, five years from now. Maybe we say, oh, Evan Mobley ended up being the best player in this draft class. Man, I wish they would have drafted him. The dog's saying hi. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Little appearance by our friend Carly there. Well, better than an alligator, right? <laughs> yeah, I'll take that over an alligator, yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I can't fault the Rockets at all for, for what they did there. Uh, taking green, I like that pick a lot for them. And then I like what they did in the rest of the, the draft. I mean, two first, uh, maybe a little bit much at 16 to give up, but but they really like the pick there. And then uh, Usman Garuba, I'm a big fan of. Now, it'll be interesting to see when he actually comes over. They've got the buyout situation, all that kind of stuff. But those were some solid selections, I think, from the Rockets that could pay off in the in the long haul. Yeah, so Green, I'm not going to add much more to that. I think that was the right pick. I think he's going to be really good uh, there. I think um, I think the <laughs> I'm just seeing the dog come live uh, <laughs> or on the other channel now um, as there's monitoring the chat. Um, <laughs> that was great. Uh, so the um, addition of Alperin Schengen. I don't know how many people you know fully know about this guy, but he is absolutely fantastic as an offensive player. Extremely young. Uh, when you see him play, you're going to see shades of Nikola Jokic. I don't want to go crazy, and let's not go nuts that he's going to be Jokic because he, he's probably not. But he is. Um, he's got shades of playing like like Jokic does. Then uh, Garuba. I know you know you said you like him. He's an outstanding defender. Yes. He's a ready-made NBA defender. He has that. Uh, you know. Big buyout, though. There's a chance. So there's going to be a couple things. One, I don't think he's coming over this year. There's a chance he could be one of the rare guys like Bogdan Bogdanovich was one, was a guy like this. Um, uh, Nikola Miritich did this. Were drafted in the first round but stay overseas so long that then they uh, don't they're no longer bound by the rookie scale when they come over. They can sign for the rookie scale amount or they can sign for whatever the team wants to sign them for. So we may see that um, with with them uh, there. So we're hearing some people saying they can't hear me real well. So I moved my mic. Hopefully that works a little bit better. Um, I'll, I'll crank you know your what? volume a little bit on this end too. 
All right. Well, there you go. Then I don't, I won't mess with it on my end too much. Um, so then the other thing with, um, uh, did their fourth pick Josh Christopher, that's kind of the upside swing, you know, with a fourth pick, let's just pick a guy we think, you know, might really bust out and play. So I think Houston did a good job here. Uh, what was, you know, super interesting for the, for the Rockets. If you look at their, their just roster sheet, we think of this team as, you know, got a whole bunch of young guys and all these guys who are signed to rookie scale deals. They've won. Kevin Porter Jr. All their other young guys were second round picks, undrafted players, or guys that they signed as free agents. So so I think that is um, you know, just something to kind of keep in mind. This team may not be quite quite as young as um, you know, I think some some people think. Yeah. I mean, particularly, particularly when they're in a full rebuild, we tend to think they're a very young team. Eh, maybe they've got a little yeah. bit. But but again, I love what they did on draft night. Uh, I'm a big fan of, of and I keep going back to this, I'm just a big fan of Garuba because I am a sucker for guys who can make the right reads on the defensive end of the floor time after time after time, and you know consistently yeah. they're going to put themselves in the right spot at the right time, and that's exactly what Garuba can do. And when the other guys like Porter, Wood, Green, those are offensive-leaning guys, so I like his fit with those guys, and Schengen. Uh, that, that's a nice fit yeah, long-term. Uh, Houston Rockets question coming in here, what do they do to John Wall now? I mean, he is kind of he, he doesn't fit on this roster. That's for sure. Yeah. Going. Well, no contract is untradeable. We've seen Russell yeah, Westbrook right. get traded four times, uh, three times. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, four times, four, no, three, no, three, four. It's, three, I don't it's three times he's three, been traded. Right? He's on his fourth team. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, on his fourth team yeah. now. Yeah, which is oddly enough, he's played for more teams than Kevin Durant. Yeah, the guy who stayed has now played for more teams than KD. Um, but yeah, John Wall. What my guess is. He starts the year on Houston. They try to rehab his value, show that he's back to whatever extent it is, and then try to figure out what's going on with him going forward. Somebody in our chat said the Thunder will take him for a few firsts. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> We're going to get to the Thunder because I have thoughts um, yes, on the Thunder. And they're not that. overly positive. Um, Avery Bradley's the lone decision point for them right now. They've got a team option on him. My expectation is they will decline that. It's just not a fit for Avery Bradley to be on the Rockets. Beyond, they're going to continue to look for trades for Eric Gordon if they can find one that they were trying to package uh, him with a pick to move up. Clearly, that that didn't happen. Eric Gordon doesn't have that kind of value. So, so yeah, it's uh you know probably DJ Augustine as well as another guy they'll try to trade if they can uh, there. But yeah, I, I think. I think the Rockets roster with the draft additions probably mostly done-ish. I, I don't think you're going to see major moves from them the rest no. of this offseason. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Memphis. So we're not going to talk about the Memphis-New Orleans trade. We already broke that down on another episode of Front Off Show. You can go find that for for our thoughts on that one. So we'll really get into what they did in the draft for the Grizzlies. They picked Zaire Williams. Um, that was the guy they, they, they tabbed when they moved up with New Orleans uh, there. Um, he had an interesting path. He was a highly recruited kid, then kind of wasn't great at Stanford. It was a weird fit. And then he picked up steam over the last, I'd say, two weeks of, of draft uh, uh, workouts and lead up to the draft. So he he moved moved way up the boards there. So they, they got him. And then they traded back into the first round to draft uh, Santi Aldama. Um, and there's a interesting story behind that one. It sounds like they had promised him that they would draft him in the second round and got nervous that he wasn't going to be there. So the Grizzlies traded back into the first round with Utah. They, they in effect, 
kind of sort of bought that pick from Utah. They traded uh, their second, one of their second rounders and then two future second rounders uh, to the Jazz. And for the Jazz, we'll get into this more in a little bit because they made another deal like this. But this was about we don't need another young guy. We don't have a lot of minutes for him. And this helps them uh, keep their tax bill down. So Grizzlies, not not bad, right? I, I think they, they they did okay here. And then they traded, as I said, that that second rounder uh, went off to um, – went out in their, their trade. So, you know, I, I think they're, they're in an okay spot, the, the Memphis Grizzlies are. You know, I think that – so I've had some people questioning, like, did they really need to move up to 10 to get Zaire Williams? Couldn't they have just got him at 17 and not done this trade? I mean, maybe, but I would think that they were probably hearing that he was going to be gone. By, and that's that was why they wanted to move up to 10. I'll also talk about the deal that they didn't do uh, was rumored. I believe, believe it was Brian Windhorst that had this uh, was that instead of sending. Yeah, the JV to, deal. Yeah, to uh, to Bagley, uh, they were going to send him to the Sacramento Kings for nine and Bagley. And that was going to be the the trade for the Memphis Grizzlies. I kind of like that for for Memphis. Um, you know, yeah. not that I hate the Pelicans deal or anything like that, but I think that would have been an intriguing option as well. I like that for the Kings yeah. too, quite a bit. Yep. Yeah, you know, but alas, didn't happen. Uh, so yeah, so that's kind of where Memphis is. We we already know uh, kind of their story moving into the offseason. They're going to decline Justice Winslow's uh, team option, so that's how they're going to create the cap space to be able to do the the bring in Eric Bledsoe deal. Um, that'll use up essentially their cap space. They'll have the non-taxpayer mid-level to spend uh, and very few roster spots to fill. They, they've got a very full roster because uh, they've made so many draft picks and trades over the last few years, so not a lot going on there. Uh, their trade partner, the New Orleans Pelicans, again, I'll just say it again, just in case somebody's just popping in here for Pelican stock, I'm going to break down that trade. I already did that um, on a f- uh, future uh, front office show. But in the draft, the Pelicans, after moving back, they they picked up Trey Murphy the third. Um, I like that addition like for them. A uh, uh, shooter with size. Yeah, yep. I, I think that's good. You know, you 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 had shooting with size. I'm I'm always going to be okay okay with that. Um, you know, six foot nine guy. He's kind of a pure wing player. Can you know play play uh, in the backcourt or as as a uh, small forward. Then they had a whole bunch of second round picks and they dumped a lot of them. Um, they only won that, I believe. Yeah, the only one they finished with was Herb Jones out of Alabama. Um, and he's kind of the opposite of the the Trey Murphy pick is he's an all defense guy. He's just going to get after it defensively. So we'll see. My guess is that might be sign him. And he spends a lot of time on their new G league team in Birmingham. Um, they're kind of developing as he tries to refine his offensive game. And then they moved out. They, they moved their, uh, the, the pick on to Memphis, as we said, one of them, they moved one of the picks to Portland in a trade. That was the only thing Portland did yesterday. So, so New Orleans was, was, was pretty busy. Uh, but yeah, a lot of it was, um, you know, getting picks moving around and those kind of things. Oh, and then they sold a pick uh, to the LA Clippers as well. Right. Uh, that was the other thing that they did. So, yeah. So, um, you know, added one guy uh, for them. Uh Didi Luzada, that's their only outstanding piece of work that they really have to decide on here. Uh, he was one of their their draft picks last year, came over super late in the year um, for, for them. Um, or two years ago he was drafted, I'm sorry, in 2020 and came over at the end of last year. Uh, what's all the – everything's leaned towards there is they'll decline that team option and then sign him to a longer-term contract using – 
cap space or a portion of an exception. Pelicans are an interesting spot. They can create about $36 million in cap space if they wipe the books clean, but we're hearing all kinds of Lonzo Ball signing trade rumors and those kind of things, so you know maybe they could get involved with something like that. But yeah, Pe- Pelicans are uh, you're definitely a team to watch because they've got all sorts of options. As I said on the other show when we broke it down, that they did not have before making the trade with the Grizzlies. Yeah, exactly. And you know what I still I, I keep coming back to, but Trey Murphy it's a great pick for them. Here's the thing. Like, there's a lot of players in this draft that we like a lot. Like, for example, Io Dusunmu. I, I like him a lot. But there's questions. Is he a one? Is he a two? Can you play him here? What, what kind of a role can you put him in? Trey Murphy, it's it's already done. It's clear exactly what he is. Three and D wing player. Just put him in. He shoots at a high level. I love the way he moves his hips in terms of his lateral quickness. Does such a great job staying in front of his man. Six, eight, seven foot wingspan can defend. Isn't going to demand the ball a lot. Just a great fit, great fit, and so I like that quite a quite a bit for uh, for the Pelicans. Someone asked a question. It's a Lakers question, but I've been getting asked it a lot about Mark Gasol. There's been two questions asked: Is can they waive him at no cost? The answer to that is no. Uh, his contract is fully guaranteed at about well, what is it? It's is it two two point six? Right? Yeah. So um, so that that's the answer to that. And then the other question that kind of goes kind of along with that and if you've seen him in the olympics it's probably a fair question is what if he just retires there's two things that could happen there he could retire and truly you know file everything with the league which would then void his contract and that money would come off the books or he could do basically as a you know he's retiring but not fully and then what the lakers would do is wave him and give him that money my guess is if he retires it ultimately comes down to two things how generous he's feeling does he want his 2.6 million um because then if they do do that then it limits him you know, if he demands that he keeps that and the Lakers wave him and everything limits his ability to go elsewhere, they can do a bunch of stuff with that. Um, or, you know, does he does he just say, I'm done, I'm walking away, I'm finished, you know, uh, you know, have it back and off we go. So so we'll see. My guess is he plays another year and, and he's he's there for at least part of the year. And and that's not so much money for the Lakers that they while you receive no salary relief, they'd just wave it and eat it yeah. if they had if, to. If they had to. It's not it's really not a big yeah. deal either way. Worst case if he comes back and he's got a little bit and it's, you might just use him as a situational big, hey, I need somebody who can come in and space the floor and still have a little bit of size. Cool. You plug him in. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not something to worry about in either case. Yeah. Uh, all right. Team that really confuses me. I don't understand what happened with them in the draft. The San Antonio Spurs. Oh, goodness. Uh, they drafted Joshua Primo Why? at 12. Why? Yeah. So Joshua Primo is the youngest player in the draft. He doesn't turn 19 until July 24th. So incredibly young, mm-hmm. um, you know, player. So he'll be 18 for the first two months of this NBA season. Uh, you know, ter- uh, Christmas Eve is when he's going to turn 19. He can shoot. Yeah. He can really shoot. But he's another wing slash two guard for the Spurs. They have these guys already. They have Devin Vassell. They have Lonnie Walker. They have they're probably both more point guards, but when they play together, one plays off the ball and Derek White and DeJounte Murray. Uh they 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 also have Keldon Johnson, who ideally would probably play more at the wing than that kind of pseudo small ball four that role that he played for them. I don't understand this pick. It's not like this is one where 
yeah, this is too this guy's too good to pass up at that position. The, this one really didn't make a lot of sense to me unless they're doing something to start clearing out some of those wings there. And at that point, if I'm another team, I'd be calling and saying, "Hey, how are you feeling about Lonnie Walker? Do you, do you, are you ready to move on? You know, I'd love to grab him. Uh, never mind uh, if you think you could steal away Dejounte Murray or Derek White on the cheap. You know, as far as what you'd have to send back as assets. So yeah, I that this. This is right up there for the most confusing selections of the draft to me. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And here's the thing. I'm not saying I'm not like ripping on Josh Primo. Like he no. it, yeah. maybe he works out great, but you didn't yeah. need to use the twelfth pick on him. Nobody was taking him there, right? So if you're the Spurs, you trade back. And even let's say you pick up a minor asset, who cares? You got something and you can still get your guy. He was being mocked in the second round most places. So trade back, pick up something, and then make your pick. Nobody was taking him here. That's what doesn't make yeah. sense about, about this for the Spurs. It could be two, three years from now, we're saying, man, that was a great pick. This guy really paid off. This guy really came onto the scene. Fantastic. But was Indiana going to take him at 13? Probably not, right? The, he was going to fall a bit yeah. farther, so you could have moved back. I think this was a missed opportunity, even if he does hit. I agree. And, and what one thing I will say is it's, it is always a little easier to say trade back and take a guy because yes. that involves the team being willing to trade sure. up. Um, but Houston traded up with OKC. Maybe you could have floated that you were going to take Schengen and make them trade up with you to 12. I, yeah, it just it feels a little like a missed opportunity here, even if the kid was the kid you wanted. Um, you know, and again, let, let's say this too. Yeah. Trevor and I want all 60 players drafted yesterday to be awesome. Every single kid we want to be great. So whenever we're expressing confusion or even if we're like, I don't really like that pick, it's never anything personal against these kids. We, you know, I've only ever talked to a small handful of these guys and it's all been through zooms and everything else. So, you know, um, a couple well, considering about half the draft was drafted out of Montverde Academy, um, which is down the road from me, it feels like. Um, I have seen some of them in person too. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those things. I just want to be clear about that. We're, we're, even if we say, I hate that pick, it's rarely going to be about the player. It's just going to be about the fit, what the team did or something along those lines um, with that. Second round pick, Joe Weiskamp. I actually don't dislike that yeah. one. I think that's kind of okay in the second round. My guess is he'll either be end of the bench or on a two-way uh, by by the end of the day. I want to use this as a point to talk um, what happened in the second round. Normally we see a million second round trades. Uh, we didn't see as many as we usually do this this year. And a lot of times what happens in those, it's teams trading up to go get guys because they know those guys will take two-way contracts. A lot of players and teams decided we don't want to lock in our two-way spots right now. We're going to bring guys to summer league let them play through there and decide do we want to go in on the two-way and part of that's driven by the change in two-way rules uh where guys there's no more 40-day requirement and all that 45-day requirement all that other nonsense the pay has gotten a little bit more competitive so now teams are looking at it as a little bit more of a significant investment unless you're the lakers who just used both of their two-way spots yeah yep on a couple of guys but but didn't draft the guys yeah two guys who were really good were expected to go in the second round so anyway no problems there uh last thing they did really well last thing i just want to say is you know from the spurs i already said they should have moved back there were a ton of rumors about teams that were trying to move up so they could get their hands on chris duarte before anybody else could take him they were looking at him probably going around 14 15 right after yeah so 
uh, that yeah. would have been the spot to go to. So I think there were opportunities there. So missed missed opportunity in my book for for the Spurs. Yeah. Yeah, and and it might have been the Spurs didn't want to add an extra pick True. this year because they're using cap space or whatever. We we'll find that that'll come come to the uh, you know, light later in this. All right, next Denver Nuggets. Oh. Uh, they got one of my favorite players Denver in the draft, Sean Bones Highland. Ripped my heart out. Yeah, he's a, he's, he, oh man, love he's my love favorite this in this draft. There it is. All right, go ahead, man. Riff for a minute so I can get a drink. Sure. So, <laughs> so Bones Highland. Here's what I love. I mean, they, and this is this is me being a little bit biased in that I, I just want to see fun players, particularly because I know I'm going to be watching the Lakers a lot in summer league. I was hoping that somehow the Lakers would trade into the second round and Bones Highland would be sitting there waiting for them and they would be able to grab him. His step back. <laughs> it's a thing of beauty. He can launch it from just about anywhere. He's creative. Got great length defensively for a guard. He's not he's not a perfect ball handler or anything like that, but he can really get out in transition, just plays the game with a little bit of flair, a little bit of style. He's a ton of fun to watch. He's got the best nickname we've seen in a long time. Um, I, I just think that he's he's fantastic, and Denver got a really good one there at 26. Yeah, and because he's so skinny, he looks bigger than he is too. Yeah. He's, you know, and that's I, I I gotta believe that's why his nickname is Bones because he looks like mm-hmm. he's skin and bones um, out there. But yeah, re- really good player and and fills a need too, right? A lot of times at that point in the draft, you're you're kind of just going best player available, and I think he fills a need for them without Jamal Murray, uh, you know, early in the year. Um, also kind of an aside with Denver, did you see Monte Morris? Uh, got LASIK surgery, so you know maybe we see Monte Morris come back with a little shooting bump uh, here. So you know that'd be interesting. Uh, we already talked about these on previous episodes, but uh, Jamichael Green and Will Barton both opted out already for the Nuggets, so they've got some kind of key free agents to figure out some stuff with with Barton, Green, Paul Millsap, uh, Austin Rivers, who ended up being a huge part of their team after joining them late in the year, and they they've got some minutes available, mostly kind of on the wing is where where I think we're looking there front court looks all right a little bit of depth needed up front uh and then their their ball handlers are pretty solid and we'll see what happens with jamal murray if he can get back uh before the end of next season um all right moving on to the minnesota timberwolves um not a whole heck of a lot going on in the draft for the timberwolves i if i remember i don't think they made a pick they did not uh so they're they're draft pick for this year is going to be Leandro Balmaro, who they drafted uh, last year in the first round. It sounds like he is going to come over. Uh, he's a you know good sized wing player, about six foot seven. Uh, he's from, from Argentina, but he's been playing with Barcelona over in Spain. Um, he, he's somebody that I know know some teams like. But they did make a trade. Uh, Ricky Rubio traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, for uh, Torian Prince, and that was really designed around clearing some much-needed uh, space for them under the luxury tax. They, they were at uh, uh, before that trade; they were only about a million dollars or so shy of the tax. You cannot pay the luxury tax when you're as bad as the Timberwolves are. No, 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 no. Yeah, we were doing it. We were doing something for the Lakers Nation the other day. We were talking about some potential trades and things like that, and uh, and I mentioned something to Ron Gutterman, my colleague, about a potential trade with the Wolves, and he said. Well, the wolves are below the below the cap, so you don't have to worry about like matching salary quite as much. I go, no, they are way over the cap. He went, oh my gosh, that's right. I just think they're such a bad team. I just assume they're below, but no, unfortunately, they are very much above the salary cap. So that makes sense from their end. Uh, the cap side of that trade, let's get into that when we get to the caps because I've got some thoughts there. Yeah, on them absolutely. Getting, getting yep. 
Perfect. Yeah, and Torian Prince might actually help them. Mm-hmm. They need any forwards with size on that team. The only forward with size that they have is Juancho Hernan Gomez, who's hurt uh, right now. It doesn't sound like it's going to be a super serious thing, but it's enough that they went through a whole thing and not want them to play in the Olympics. So so we'll see uh, we'll, we'll, what they do. That's a team I still think could be super active this offseason just because they've got an awful lot of guys at the same position mm-hmm. uh, between Malik Beasley and we've already heard some Jared Culver rumors out there. That's a guy I'd be trying to snag Absolutely. if I could for a second draft um, opportunity. Dad, doesn't that want to have OKC written all over it <laughs> for him to just go there and play minutes Why and not? be this year's version of Ty Jerome? Uh, speaking of, hey, we're there. Speaking of, OKC. There we go. Um, so busy day for them. They started the day with six picks um, <laughs> in this draft, which is you know absolutely oh, absurd and quite quite frankly kind of dumb. Um, six pick. They took Josh Giddy, uh, the big wing ball handler guard. We'll see what he is in the NBA mm-hmm. uh, out of Australia. Then they traded the 16th pick for you guessed it, two future picks uh, because why not, right? Just keep rolling it over. Then they drafted Trey Mann, who's uh, more of a true point guard player out of the University of Florida, played just up the road here. Uh, so that was it for the first round. And then in the second round, um, they they did a consolidation trade, Trevor. I didn't even know Casey was allowed to do those. I didn't think they could. And they did. Yeah, they traded 34 and 36 to move all the way up to 32. Uh, but they took Jeremiah Robinson Earl. I actually like him um, as a kind of – do everything wing player with you know decent size. I I think he's a kid who can who can play. Um, uh, kid out of Villanova, and I I, I think he he's going to be all right. Then they drafted Aaron Wiggins um, with their their final pick uh, late in the first round. So busy day for them. Uh, got a little bit busier overnight, and the trade's already been completed. Uh, guess what they did, Trevor? They took on another, another first, first round pick yep. to eat. A salary from the Utah Jazz, Derek when, Favors. When that came um, through, in fact, I think that was one of the first things I saw when I got up this morning was that that trade <laughs> went through. I was like, of course they did. Of course they did. Yeah. They're going to get. And then you went looking for the meme on my 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 timeline. Yep. Um, <laughs> because, you know, it's coming. Uh, yeah, it is. Um, you know, I, I think it's it's uh, one of those things. Where when I look at the um, the, the thunder. So here's my thought on this. You've hit the tipping point now. Knock it off. It's too much. They tried really hard to trade up, and teams are like, I don't want your picks. They're, they're, you're just trying to overwhelm me with volume. Yeah. And when you look at what they actually have, it doesn't look all that good. It's a, they're not bad, but they don't look as good as what it, you might think. I know people are like, well, the Clippers could fall apart. They could, but they're owned by Steve Ballmer. He'll just spend money to get out of whatever problems that they have. Mm-hmm. They'll just keep doing what they can to do it. Um, so I I don't love this now for the Thunder. And what really kind of left me feeling not good most of all was the Shea Gilgis-Alexander stuff. It got a little too much noise that it had to be some realism in there. And I, that, that doesn't fly with me because now I think what you're doing then if you do that, you've kicked the can so far down the road, you're not going to be able to find it. Well, and, and that's a great analogy there. But uh, Montanel Kaplan in our chat said, are they going to trade Shea Gil- Gil- Gilgis-Alexander? I think that rumor got a little bit out of control there. And I don't think yeah. I, I don't that wasn't coming from OKC. I don't think they ever got quite that close to really trading him. But you're right. At some point, you have to be able to put a real roster 
on the floor. I mean, we've talked a lot about how NBA fans are smart. NBA fans are totally okay with yeah. the rebuild as long as you can see a destination, you know, a light at the end of the tunnel. But you can only go so far with all these picks. You're at a point where it's very clear that you can't use all these and that you, that you're going to need to trade some of them. It's like it's like in fantasy football. If somebody goes out and drafts Travis Kelsey and then follows that up with George Kittle thinking, oh, I've got the two best tight ends. I'm totally going to trade yep. one of these guys and get a fortune for them when somebody else doesn't have a tight end. And then everybody else in the league just goes, nah, you can keep them. You're not going to play both of them at the same time anyway, right? So <laughs> that's that's what we're getting dangerously close to here for, for OKC. Yeah. Yeah, and we're hearing, you know, Kemba Walker maybe on the move. Maybe they'll figure out something there. There's there's a whole thing I, I get asked on a radio appearance today about if they trade Walker for more than what they had to give up to get him, does it does that look bad for the Celtics? And my answer was it's not going to be the same math because they're dealing from a completely different place than Boston was on it. Yeah, if they got two first round picks and they're good ones. Well, yeah, then it's going to look silly and it'll look really bad, but, but they got off bad. You know, it was the Celtics were dealing from a little bit of a place of desperation to create some flexibility for themselves. And OKC took advantage much like they did, did to the Utah jazz in, in this Derek favors trade. My guess is favors is this year's version of Horford. He comes in, he plays, you know, for a while. Uh, they try to move him along his contract, clearly much smaller, right? Much easier to move on from uh, for him. But then if they can't, they shut him down and then they'll they, he'll opt out after the season and, and everybody will move move along there. So we'll we'll see, you know, where, where the Thunder ultimately take this thing. Uh team that wasn't super busy, the Portland Trailblazers. Uh did they they added um uh, Greg Brown the third. Uh he's a uh, forward out of Texas, uh with a pick that they they came up and got from the New Orleans Pelicans uh there. So you know, another big man. I, I don't think that's the move that's convincing Dame Lillard to stay uh, by any means. I, I, don't, I don't. I don't think he just said, "Yeah, you know what? It's done." Uh, any trade thoughts out of mind? Um, but you know, now now the work starts for them. Absolutely. Now the work starts of put together a roster around Dame that you know entices him to stay. Um, I'm on the record of saying he's not going anywhere this off season. You know, uh, it's just it. There's a lot of reasons why it's too difficult. I've talked about them a million times and go find any one of our number of Dame Lillard related episodes and watch those. And my thoughts have not changed. But yeah, hey, but but the work starts for Neil O'Shea. Uh, the only outstanding piece of work for them left before the offseason really fully kicks off is Yusuf Nurkic. They'll fully guarantee his contract because even if they don't keep him, somebody will trade for him at twelve million dollars. Right. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? Uh, I would keep an eye on CJ McCollum. I think that's a guy who could very yeah. much be in play on the on the trade market. But again, draft night, pretty quiet. But things are going to really heat up for them in the next, well, couple of days here. Yeah, Mark Stein reported that uh, the 76ers have said they're not interested in McCollum for Simmons because they're holding out for Lillard for Simmons. Um, so keep, keep holding out because it probably ain't happening. Um, <laughs> we talked to Utah Jazz uh, a little bit here, so we can probably zip through this part fairly quickly. Salary dumped Derek Favors into uh, OKC. OKC will use a trade, one of their trade exceptions, either George Hills or uh, uh, Danilo Gallinari. That trade is complete. We just don't know which one they use just yet uh, to get him. So the Jazz will create a new trade exception of about nine point three million uh, for favors. That'll be good for a year. Uh, they 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 sold the thirtieth pick in effect uh, to move off. They they did draft Jared Butler, who I really like. 
Um, I, I really do like that pick for them um, in the second round. He's a kid who um, was really good for Baylor and then slipped due to some health concerns um, in the draft. He uh, had a heart issue. He's been checked out and everything should be good. But, you know, teams get you know a little concerned anytime it's heart related uh, with the player. And then Mike Conley is kind of their big, big thing. Mark Stein, again, reporting uh, this morning that they are preparing a three year, seventy five million dollar offer. Now, Conley's not Lowry and he's not Chris Paul, but he's also not miles away from either of those guys. Um, it sets the market. So that could maybe set a little bit of a market yeah. if if that's you know something he's interested in. Yeah, for, for example, if that's the deal and you are Dennis Schroeder, if you are Spencer Dinwiddie and you were hoping to get $25 million per season, that's probably not happening now, right? If, because they're not in the yeah. same tier as, as Mike Conley is. But I, you know, I think that's a solid price. Uh you hate seeing a guy like Favors, who I think can provide something, get salary dumped in a situation like this, because uh, I think he could have been useful for them. But you know what? OKC wants all the picks, and <laughs> so here you go. But uh, if, it, if it means keeping Mike Conley, new ownership group in, they want to stay relevant, they want to make sure that they make another push, they were number one seed in the West, uh, I think it, it makes a lot of sense to just hang on to Conley for them. Yeah, you have to. You, yeah. you can't. You can't let him go you got no way to replace him if you lose him so you figured out figure out, you already started figuring out your tax bill yeah. anyway all right moving on four teams left in the west uh, if you're just joining us we're breaking down uh the nba draft and everything that went on and what's uh, still to come here in the off season uh we are moving on to the top of the pacific division the golden state warriors um Surprisingly, I guess to some, didn't make any trades at the draft, kept both of their picks. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga, I guess you could say, slid to them at seventh. Uh, he was widely mocked as a top five or six pick at the, the latest. And then with their second first round pick at 14, they got Moses Moody. Uh, so Kaminga is kind of the project guy. Uh, there he may may take a couple years and i guess if you're the warriors you're kind of looking at it as all right we can afford that you're gonna probably gonna spend a lot of time in santa cruz in the g league uh playing with them and then moses moody a little bit of guard depth uh behind clay thompson i don't love the fit of moody just because you've got clay thompson coming back still got andrew wiggins uh you've got i I think damian lee and michael Mulder are both okay players for what you ask them to do which is shoot the ball uh but moody's a little got got more creation to his game you know a little more bounce um you know with him than those guys so so i i I don't mind that so you know but i think it's a miss to some extent that they weren't able to trade these guys these picks uh and wiseman or whatever packages could have been out there to get veteran help that that's it exactly i have no problem with the guys that they picked and, and the spots they got them at no zero issue there if you're steph curry if you're clay thompson if you are our dream on green right now you're probably thinking really like we we asked you yeah to go and get to, to do something here and bring in more help and, and bring us back to the top of the Western Conference. The Lakers just went in and now they've got three superstars. And we can argue whether or not it would work and all that. But, but hey, the Lakers made a big move. What are we doing? Yeah, making moves. Right? Yeah. And so that's where, you know, you, you got to be a little bit disappointed from the Warriors side of things that they weren't able to get something done with those picks. But again, the guys they picked there, yeah. zero issues. No. And I think they got great value with, with those two guys. It's just, you know, how how long before those guys help you? It pro- probably after uh, most of your other guys are gone. But I guess you know maybe Kaminga, you just tell them, hey, run the floor, be active, cut, play defense, and and you know we'll we'll be happy with whatever you give us. All right, moving on. L.A. Clippers. Um, this was their last chance to trade a first round pick for a little bit. Uh, they did, but 
to move up in the draft. Uh, they traded with the New York Knicks. Uh, they moved up from 25 to 21, and they uh, tabbed Keon Johnson, uh, another wing uh, guard player with some size out of the University of Tennessee. Um, not a bad fit. They, they, they need wing depth um, there in L.A., so I get it, especially with Kawhi is going to miss most, if not all, of, of next season. So so I, I, I can see why they did that. And then in the second round, uh, they kind of doubled down um, on the position, and they went. And I think this was an idea of this guy's fallen too far now. Let's go snag him, and that's uh, Brandon Boston, uh, uh, B.J. Boston. Um, they, they, they went and got him. Um, they, they traded for, for a pick that was Memphis, New Orleans, um, then moved ultimately on to LA. And I think that's a, that's a good one. And remember the Clippers had all those extra picks from Detroit in the second round. And that's what they gave up to, to do these moves here, um, to, to go get these guys. So I, I like the Boston pick, you know, if he can figure it out and get back to the kid, he was kind of coming into Kentucky, they might have maybe possibly the steal of the draft late in the second round. You just like him because his last name is Boston. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Actually, I mean, that's I saw, I saw somebody joking uh, on social media on Twitter saying that, uh, that now this is the, the worst-case scenario for Lakers fans. You have a Clipper whose name is Boston. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's instantly the most hated player right. in the league from, from the Lakers but, fan base. Yeah, uh, well, it's funny. But I do uh, like a cu- couple pieces. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, no, I, like what they, I like what the Clippers did here. Uh, you know, it, they're preparing for maybe being without Kawhi Leonard all season. And so yeah. that's going to be tough to deal with. But they, they got some pieces here that um, that could bring a little bit of help. Yeah, for sure. A couple pieces of business for them. Serge Ibaka's player option still out there. My guess is he opts in after the back injury. And then Kawhi has his as well. Uh Kind of doesn't really matter. I, I think we're all in agreement. He's probably not going anywhere um, from 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 the Clippers at, at this point. So whether he opts in and then resigns a year from now, or he opts out and signs, or signs a short term contract this summer, whatever it may be, I think he's sticking right there. And then a couple guarantees. Uh, Terrence Mann, late August, they they're going to keep him. They absolutely need to now. A uh, guy who kind of stepped up for them throughout the course of the playoffs, and he's looking at a bigger role. And then Yogi Ferrell is another guy uh, on a non-guarantee for them. Uh, we already talked the other team in LA. Yes, we did. Um, so we'll, <laughs> we'll, uh, Lakers we'll, 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 we'll jump past firing them. off some Lakers stuff that I'm, I'm yeah. firing back to as well. So, so we're there. You go. Um, yeah. Trevor will answer your question. Absolutely. There, so, all right. Uh, let's see here. Um, where, where did I go? Uh, Phoenix Suns are the, are the next team uh, in the draft. The Suns traded out of their first round pick, kind of, sort of. They traded Javon Carter in the 29th pick to get Landry Shamit, yeah. um, which I actually kind of like for Phoenix. I, I, I think that's a solid move. Um, you know, I don't know where he's going to play outside of, you know, 10 to 15 minutes a night in the regular season. Right. It gets a little confusing, but I mean, Javon Carter wasn't playing for them anyway. 29th pick at this point probably wasn't cracking their rotation. So why not go get yourself a, another shooter to put on the floor? Absolutely. I mean, and he's still young. He's, what, 24 years old. So there's still some upside here for Landry Shannon. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Suns already have plenty of shooting. But now you've got a guy that, that you can also run off of curls and things like that. And, you know, Devin Booker can do yeah. it. But, but Landry Shamit can do that mm-hmm. quite a bit. I know the Clippers used him in a lot of the JJ Reddick sets they had used in years past. Yeah, ran him off of stuff. So, uh, so I like it. You know, no problems with that for the Suns. It, I mean, at this point in the NBA, you can never complain when you add shooting. No, and in in those games where you need some offensive punch, and maybe the other teams uh, 
got a you know weaker player that you can kind of hide Shamit on. Um, you could run some actions where you're running Shamit and Booker off you know similar actions on either side of the floor, spaced with CP to make a decision at the top, and you're you're probably going to get some good stuff. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see two. Um, you know, there there used to be a uh, action teams really like when they had two shooters where they ran them both through the same set of screens, knowing one of them was going to pop. Uh, when they came through. So, you know, I, I, I think when you trade from a position of depth, provided they resign Chris Paul and Cameron Payne um, there, we'll, we'll talk to Von Carter on the Nets side, as well as the draft pick uh, when we get over to the Eastern conference. So, all right. Uh, last piece of business for the, the Suns is of course, Chris Paul's player option. He has not opted out as of yet. Uh, August 1st, August 1st, if you hear, keep hearing that date, that's the last day. Everything's got to be done by August 1st. Guarantee dates can stretch into next year. Many do. Uh, when I say next year, I mean next league year, which starts on August 2nd. But all the player options, all the qualifying offers, all that stuff, August 1st um, with that. All right, Sacramento Kings. Um, all right. Confusing, but I don't hate it. I guess is the way I would describe what, what the Kings did did at the draft. They drafted Davian Mitchell. Yeah. Um, who I really, 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 really like. I just don't understand why the Kings needed a third point yes, guard. Yes, that's it. They've got Halliburton. They've got they've got Fox. Why? And we we heard about the Kings maybe trying to move the ninth pick. Apparently, they didn't get an offer that they wanted, and I guess just took best player available. Which I mean, I'm never going to fault a team for taking best player available, but if they are no, really looking yeah. to make a push for the for the playoffs, I don't know if this is what is going to really put them over the top. There's still plenty of work to be done in free agency and, and all of that. And if they feel like there was a tier break after Mitchell, then then fine, right? Then then this is what you do. But you're right. The yeah. the path to minutes is is very, very murky here for, for Mitchell right now. Yeah, and if you're going to move on from healed in a trade, whether it be to the Lakers or somewhere else, I kind of think you maybe kind of have to now because you clearly got pretty far down the path with the Lakers on, on a buddy healed trade to some extent enough. So that Woj even tweeted like it was close. And then right there, that, that was the funny part of yesterday. Cause you had Woj with, you know, uh, Sacramento and the Lakers Westbrook. And then I was like, wait, what is happening? Cause it's all the same guys in, in this trade that are going to both teams. So, um, and I think that's where this grew out of, they're going to get both guys. And I think that's where, it's like, well, let's settle down here. Clearly, there's something else going on. I can't remember that quick of a, a swerve in a trade negotiation since the Chris Paul basketball yeah. reasons thing. Like that, I mean, it, it was like yeah. Woj was all but saying this is done, and then in came, came Sham. It was like Shams came running in and hit us all with the RKO and said, "Okay, just out of <laughs> yeah, nowhere." Right? <laughs> and, and next thing you know, it's it's Westbrook. But uh, but if you if you go over to the LakersNation.com YouTube channel, Ron and I went over exactly why. Why it went the way it did. But now from the Kings' perspective, um, this is – I mean, look, Buddy Heald knows he was on the verge of being traded. Everybody in the league knows that he's very much available. I still think they do find a trade for him. Maybe it's still with the Lakers and they're able to expand that trade. But other teams will be calling as well. So now Sacramento needs to regroup and see what they're going to do. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I think what, what gets interesting – there is this is what like the second third time we've been here we know buddy healed has had issues with the kings in the past with you know being unhappy with his role and his fit there and all these other things so my guess is we we may still see a buddy healed trade somewhere uh but you know 23.1 million now next season that's not 
it's by no means a bad contract because he's you know for what he can do as a shooter it's just not not you know super easy to move off of um they also drafted uh Nimaeus Queta uh, in the second round big rim protector um you know and that that's a team that needs some size mm-hmm. um we we don't know what's gonna happen with, with Rashawn Holmes and uh, Marvin Bagley and I think the Bagley piece is probably their kind of unfinished business point now. What are you doing? Are you bringing them back? Are you trading them? You know, where are we at? I can't imagine a contract extension is on the table. That's got to be a you got to prove it this year. At least prove you can stay on the floor. Um, but yeah, that's kind of kind of where things are at for the Kings. And you know, uh, I guess Sacramento, as they always do, remains perpetually confusing. Yes, yes, indeed. All right, all right. That's all I've got. That's on. it. That's the West. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's check out. That is the Western Conference. Do we take a little break? I don't know. Guys, you're getting a peek behind the curtain here if you're watching the live show. Uh, just so you all know, we're going to split this into two two uh, videos and two podcast versions. So, Trevor, what do we do now? Um, We could. Do you want to come back and hit the, hit the Eastern Conference tomorrow since we're at – or do we want to do this? We're at, a, we're at an hour and five minutes right now for, the, for this show, which is rival – well – we could be looking at breaking our record from last year when we did like two and a half hours if we dive into the Eastern Conference right now. I'm ready to keep going if okay. you are. Look, look, we're, the chat is telling us keep going. It was one guy, right. but uh, I'm going to take take his All word right. well, for let's, it. If you are, it's up to you. I know you've had a busy day. Let's knock it out. Let's see if we can get the Eastern Conference done and say – 40-ish minutes, 45 minutes. That would allow me All to right. at least have a shot at, we are on the at, clock. Uh, at making it in time for, uh, for family dinner and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and then <laughs> I've got, I'm supposed to be getting my, my flight set up for Las Vegas. I'm hoping to get a phone call back from the airline pretty soon and actually be able to take that call this time. All so right, let's so do let's it. Get this knocked out. All right. Three, two, one. That'll give you your break to split it. All right, Boston Celtics, we're back here. NBA front office show. We're going live through every team in the NBA draft. We already talked the Western Conference teams, so that's 15 teams down. We're going to get into uh, the Eastern Conference now. We're going to start East Eastern Conference, Atlantic Division, Boston Celtics, NBA draft night crickets uh all the way to the 45th pick uh then they, then they drafted uh yuan begarin um and i'm probably totally butcher butchering his name um but but i, th- I think he got got fair, fairly yeah, close Yuan, i think is, is actually how it's said yeah he's, a, he's 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 out of france um drafting stash player he's not coming over um so we're, we're not gonna spend a whole heck of a lot of time on that i actually love their two-way signing sam hauser out of virginia uh, one of the best sharpshooters in the draft. Um, he's reportedly joining the team on a two-way. Uh, sources told me that. So I feel pretty good about, about uh, the extra reporting, reporting on that one. Uh, decision points for the Celtics going into the offseason. What's going to happen with Evan Fournier becomes kind of uh, priority number one for them. Uh, will they make a trade? Yeah, well, what, what, are, what are they doing? Uh, but Jabari Parker's contract has a guarantee at the end of August. And then uh, Moses Brown got a bunch guaranteed to come over in the trade. So that's kind of the extent on the Celtics. I don't think we need to spend any more time on that. Agreed. No, I- we're good. I think we're good on the on the Celtics. Though. Did you ever think the Lakers guy would hear the Celtics guy say, "Let's move along"? <laughs> no, I was, but, from the but I knew. I'm like, okay, we're starting <laughs> with the Celtics. I can take a little break. Keith is just Keith can handle this one. <laughs> <laughs> Right. All right. Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Brooklyn Nets made two picks in the first round uh, with their own pick. They drafted Cam Thomas, uh, big guard out of LSU. Oh. He, he's kind of a 
he's like a throwback guard. Mm-hmm. Like he's got that kind of big body. He's tough. He's strong. Um, athletic kid likes to mix it up inside. Um, so I kind of like that pick. And then, um, with their second pick, which they got from the Phoenix Suns as they traded Landry Shamit for Javon Carter in the 29th pick, they went big. They went with Daron Sharp out of North Carolina. This was a kid who was a highly touted recruit coming in, had some struggles, uh, Looked like he really put on some weight um, while he was at North Carolina. Not good weight either. So, if, But if they can get him going, um, this is the kind of guy they've had success with, like with Nick Claxton, who's played well. And with everybody expecting DeAndre Jordan's on the move, Daron Sharp, I, I think that's a you know pretty worthy pick for them. In the second round, uh, Brooklyn had three picks in the second round. Uh, conventional wisdom that was that they would move one, but they kept them all. And they drafted uh, Kessler Edwards. He's a... a a six foot eight wing um, out of Pepperdine. Uh, so Lakers fans maybe might know him right down the street. Uh, commonly known as the most beautiful campus in America, and I think it's right up there. Uh, Marcus Zegarowski, a uh, point guard out of Creighton. And then Raquan Gray, uh, a wing uh, player who a lot of people really liked coming in, thought he might be a high um, second round pick out of Florida State. So five players added at the draft, plus Javon Carter uh, coming in. I really like Javon Carter to give them some point guard depth. On this team, especially considering it looks like they're going to lose Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, and then decision points for them, none, none really left. They uh, uh, Dinwiddie already opted out. And then Bruce Brown, they already did the qualifying offer for. So going to be an extremely expensive team that's going to cost a whole bunch of money. And let's see how they fill out their roster. And that's why I like that, that they did this. And they went and they grabbed, you know, second-round picks. I mean, there's no risk there. You might as well just see if you can find some guys. If you can find guys that can play and maybe even play just a few rotation minutes on cheap contracts for a team that's this capped out, that's going to help you out. So uh, no issues with what they did. I, I do think that Cam Thomas dropped. I think that that was a little bit of a steal at 27 yeah. in terms of what he can do for you. Uh, yeah. You could say maybe his skill set is a bit superfluous on a team that's already got so many scorers. But, I mean, for the talent, can't argue with getting him at 27. Yeah, and adding depth is important for them because I think they know they got to get to the playoffs healthy. So I think you're going to see Kyrie, KD, and uh, Harden get plenty of our rest days uh, throughout the course of the season. Got a Nets question. I want to do the Nets. I got a Nets question here first. Oh, uh, asking yeah, about, there's been some it. talk about Dinwiddie going to the Wizards who need a point guard in exchange for some of the pieces that the Lakers just sent. Yeah. The Wizards in a sign and trade situation. Um, what do we think about that? Like potentially like a Montrezl Harrell winding up in Brooklyn. Yeah, it could could be, and that that's the only way the Wizards could get Dinwiddie. They clearly need a point guard. I think that'd be great for them fit wise. I think he fits with Bradley Beal absolutely fantastically uh, to, together as the backcourt. So yeah, and if the Nets could you know, return some value, it's bad. I would really like it for them if they could get Harrell and uh, KCP. Mm-hmm. I think those two guys would fit almost perfect in Brooklyn with what they need. So KCP's yeah, I mean, said that could could happen. Probably doesn't get moved. It was it was Kuzma and yeah, Trez because I, KCP apparently is is really good buddies with Bradley Beal and so buddies that. with Beal yeah so yeah yeah so I mean I'm not maybe right, right. we'll we'll have to see that's you know um, and that's one that would have to be delayed because now they can't trade those guys together and aggregated because they they they've got the salary rules that they they need to meet on that so all right 
Knicks time. New York Knicks, a bit busy night for them. The Knicks entered the night with four picks. Um, they sold their first one away to the Charlotte Hornets for a, uh, a protected future first-round pick, the 19th pick. Um, Hornets uh, ended up drafting Kai Jones with that pick. And then their second pick, they moved back in the draft. Uh, we, we talked about it on the Western Conference show uh, with the L.A. Clippers. Uh, but the Knicks side of it was they moved from 21 to 25, picked up an additional second-round pick from the Clippers, and they got Quentin Grimes, and I really like Quentin Grimes for, for them. Uh, another uh, guard with size, um, a guy who can shoot it. He's tough. He's going to get after it. I think um, he's somebody that Tom Thibodeau will like because he can say, get out there and defend, and if he hits shots, I think he's got a rotation spot on this team. I think something's up here when I'm looking at the Knicks, right? They took, they took two picks and traded back and wound up getting one. They already have a ton of cap space, and they just cleared mm-hmm. more. What, what do yeah. they have in the works here, right? I mean, that's that's what seems to be when I see these moves, like for a team that just had all the kind of success that they had and the people that were available, the players that were available in 19 and 21 for them to grab that could have given, given them a boost and they said, no, thank you. We're going to bring in a little bit mm-hmm. more cap space. It tells me maybe they know something. Yeah, I, th- I think the Knicks are going, going uh, star hunting via trade. Yeah. And if they can't get it done that way, I think you're going to see the Knicks um, uh, probably run back that last year's strategy of sign a bunch of guys to one or uh, one year with a team option, one year with a non-guarantee. Maybe it's an overpay for that first year, but you know, no big deal because it's only one year uh, with that. Second round for the Knicks, they 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 traded uh, out of 32 and picked up 34 and 36. Uh, they were picked up Rokas Yokobitis. Uh, with the first one, uh, Lithuanian guard, um, probably not going to come over right away. Pro- probably a stash guy for them. Then they got Miles McBride, another guard, uh, another kid who thinks he can defend right away. Uh, West Virginia guards tend to defend uh, immediately. Um, so he, he's another guy. And then late in the first round, Jericho Sims, a big center out of Texas, uh, one of the handful of seniors that got drafted uh, yesterday. Um, he He's coming in late. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm with you. They, they've they've got a decision point still uh, to come on Mitchell Robinson. Uh, if they decline the team option, they can make him restricted free agent, or they can pick that up and have him for dirt cheap at 1.8 million. Uh, they're going to fully guarantee Julius Randle. Um, that actually is tomorrow, uh, which, as an aside, July 31st, my birthday. Oh, uh, so just you know, there we go. Uh, yeah. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. And then, uh, you know, and then they got to, you know, they're going to give a qualifying offer to Frank Nilakina or not. Uh, let's see. And then my projection, $53.5 million in cap space, the most in the NBA uh, is what, what we're looking at for the next. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, they're going to have a ton of cap room. They're, they're going to make some moves. This is a team that obviously got a, a taste of the playoffs and uh, for the first time in a long time. And they're going to be looking to make sure that they are back there and they are a true contender and they are the main landing spot for a number of point guards out there on the free agent market. So it's going to be interesting to see exactly what they do. And again, they cleared even more cap room. So I think they are they're prepared to make some some big swings here in uh, in the offseason. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. They're, they're, and they're going to be that team that if they don't land somebody big, they'll be the third team in on everything and, and all, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, if any, um, uh, Matt Kaplan's asking in the chat, Matt's a, uh, 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 
guy who comes in all the time on my uh, Spotify green room shows. Uh, he's in the big Knicks fan. Um, who are the names they're going after in trade? I don't know. It's, I mean, if, if Damian Lillard does say, you know what? Yeah, this sucks. You only got yeah. that guy in the second round. I want out. Uh, yeah, they'll go after him uh, for sure. Um, but yeah, I think maybe Colin Sexton, you know, if the, the Cavs decide to go that direction, we'll get to the Cavs here in just a minute. So we'll we'll see, uh, you know, what what happens um, with them. But yeah, they're you, when you have fifty three point five million in a market where that's easily the most, uh, you're everybody's going to be watching you with that one. All right, I see Trevor's looking down at time, so let, let's let's speed oh, through. I'm looking out of the track. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, all right. Phew. I thought I was like, man, don't watch me just yet. <laughs> no. uh, <laughs> Philadelphia 76ers next next up uh, uh, for, for them. Uh, they drafted Jaden Springer in the first round. Um, no, another one of these, uh, you know, wings, another guard out of Tennessee. Uh, you know, t- Tennessee cranking out NBA players uh, over the last, uh, you know, handful of years here. Um, Grant Williams being one with the Celtics. Um, they like his ability to do some stuff on and off ball. He shot it pretty good last year. Uh, question for him to play is how, how well is he going to defend? Um, uh, then in the second round for Philadelphia, they had two second round picks. They uh, drafted uh, Philip Petrosev. If that name's familiar to you, it's because he played at Gonzaga a couple years ago. Um, he was one of their starting bigs um, for, for the Zags. And then, um, then he left school last year. Uh, at the like during the kind of pandemic, and then he played overseas in Serbia uh, last season as a professional. Um, and then Charles Bassey, another big man. Um, Charles Bassey may be familiar to people because he was a super high recruit um, back in the day when uh, I, I believe it's Rick Stansberry was the coach at Western Kentucky, landed him, and there was all this stuff. How is Western Kentucky getting five-star recruits and all this stuff? Um, So there's been a lot of controversy around him. He's a talented kid. Reminds me a little bit of Mitchell Robinson, um, oddly enough, where super talented, but – some some issues have kind of um, plagued him throughout throughout his time, but you know, fifty third pick for Philly, maybe they they found themselves a backup to Joel Embiid, in, in him if not, maybe in Petrosev. Petrosev probably a stash. Um, he, he probably will not uh, come over this year. I, I love Jaden Springer. I think that's a great pick. Very young player, but a guy who's already so physically strong yep. for the guard position. I like the way he locks in defensively, and he's got the ability to, to absorb contact at the rim. Not exactly the quickest first step. Needs a little bit of work there, but if he does get a step on you, he's the kind of guy where even if you contest a shot, he can absorb contact and still finish. Yeah. A little bit Josh Hart-esque in that way, but a bit more built than yep. Josh Hart is. So I like Jaden Springer a lot. I think he'll be a nice fit for the 76ers. Yeah, and that, and that's what it's about for them, right? It's all about wing depth around around Embiid. Clearly, right, the Simmons stuff is out there. We, we're not going to spend any more yeah. time on that. We've <laughs> talked that, you know, in a million different videos. You can go find any one of those. Uh, but decision points for them that remain. George Hill uh, becomes fully guaranteed at just over $10 million on August 3rd. Sounds like they're probably going to move on from that just to ease any kind of tax burden. Um, Anthony Tolliver becomes guaranteed at the end of the month of August. And then uh, Paul Reed, uh, B-Ball Paul. Um, I hate that nickname. <laughs> I just think it's so dumb. Um, but, you know, I mean, hopefully he lives up to it. Uh, he, he's another non-guarantee. And they'll keep him around because he can actually play, yeah. um, you know, for, for, for a minimum guy. So really it's kind of Simmons watch, right? We're right where we've been with, with Philadelphia now. Uh, moving on. 
Toronto Raptors. Oh, first curveball yep. of the draft at number four. This one, um, you really, I think, threw us. I, th- I think you were live with me on Green Room when this happened, maybe. Yep. Yeah. Um, Scotty Barnes. Uh, all along, right? We we heard earlier in the week, despite the chatter of Detroit's not fully there, Houston's not fully there, Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, one through three, we felt pretty confident on that. Fourth, it had been Jalen Suggs for a month or more, um, mocked there uh, by everybody basically, and then Scotty Barnes go, goes to Toronto. Uh, they 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 really threw threw the curveball on that one. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't dislike the pick. I just don't. I would have liked Jalen Suggs more for them. Um, but Barnes, you know, I liked him. You know, I think the kid can really defend. I think he will hit spot up catch and shoot shots. I don't know he's ever going to be a great shooter off the dribble. He's also somebody that can drive a closeout, make a pass, make a play. He is also somebody who, by the time this we really get to know this draft class well, Everybody's going to love this kid. He's just got a great attitude. He's a super hard worker. Um, He takes on every challenge. He wants to defend the best guy on the other team every night. And the Raptors, you know, with him and Ananobi and Siakam and Van Vliet, they've got a chance to put together an absolutely killer defense. Yeah, exactly. And look, you know, Barnes is a guy that I like. I like a lot. But look, we were hearing coming into the draft. Like at first it was this is a four player draft at the top. And then that started to shift. And the next thing you know, it's being called a three-player draft. And that, you know, maybe uh, you you had Suggs on the way out. And the Raptors apparently felt that way. There have been some rumblings about, okay, you know, maybe he didn't have the best workout for Toronto or whatever. Uh, but ultimately, they decided to go with the guy they like best. And, look, Suggs was an easy fit in terms of, okay, he's replacing Kyle Lowry. But if they truly believe that Barnes is just the better player, then you go with it. And here's the other thing. Like, the Raptors have done a great job drafting. So, They've built up that equity by making so many good decisions in the draft in the past. So because of that, I'm not going to question this too much. I'm just going to assume that their analysis was that this is the better pick and trust that until that's not the case. Yeah, and that that's you know one hundred percent fair. Um, to yeah, you trust the track record, and you know, and again, we always say with Masai Jerry, the one GM out of all of them that we one hundred percent know. He's going to do what he wants to do and doesn't really care you know, what uh, anybody else thinks about it. Uh, they had two second-round picks uh, to uh, uh, excuse me, Delano Banton. Uh, he's a Canadian kid. Um, he went to Nebraska. He's another wing with size. That, that's right. There's the theme of this draft is wings with yep. size. And then a guard, David Johnson out of Louisville. Um, you know, so another uh, you know, kind of tough-minded kid that you know, would get into people a little bit. Funny story with those two because um, they picked those guys at 46 and 47. They were asked uh, – they asked Bobby Webster, who's the Raptors general manager under Masai Ujiri, um, how do you decide who to take at 46 and 47? And his answer was, you got to go with the Canadian kid at 46. <laughs> so I, I thought that was kind of cute. I thought I thought that was pretty funny, funny. Uh, by them. But, yeah, you know, and then Raptors, uh, you know, decision points. They've got a million non-guarantees. Rodney Hood had his guarantee date. Uh, it was supposed to be July 27th a few days ago. Mutually agreed with the team to push it back to August 3rd. Uh, so that that that's still, still going to be out there for a little bit. And then they've got a couple more to go. Uh, you know, Aaron Baines, uh, DeAndre Bembry, Chris Boucher. Uh, they've got stuff to fit 
figure out with a bunch of those guys is they decide what direction are they actually going to go? Are they going to go cap space wise? Are they not? If they go cap space, they can get to about 23.1 million or so in cap space. So we're Raptors still in the mix to be a player. And then of course, you know, could still be a Kyle Lowry trade to come sign and trade to come or, you know, something like that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that they're, they can All still right. be in a good spot. And uh, look, Masai Ujiri is one of the very, very best. So just, Again, I'm going to trust that he's going to make the right decisions moving forward for them. And yep. uh, and I think we're going to see a Kyle Lowry signing trade, most likely. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, or I mean, outright signing, maybe, maybe. But, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to sign I'm not sold on him going to Trevor, we're two-thirds done. That's what I'm saying. Okay. All right. All right, I hear you. All right, we're two-thirds done. Chicago Bulls. Uh, coming up next, Bulls did not have a first-round pick. That pick went to the Orlando Magic uh, as part of the Nikola Vucevic trade. We'll discuss the Magic here in just a minute. Uh, second round, though, they they stuck home. They went with a, a uh, local kid, Ao Desunmu, uh, out of Illinois. So, um, you know, uh, big point guard with size, about six foot four, or so uh, can get to the basket. He plays defense. Um, you know, kind of a interesting fit. You know, for them with with, with their uh, you know other guys because they may be looking for a little bit of guard depth behind uh, Kobe White, depending what they do uh, with Tomas Sadoransky. That's kind of their big decision points is on Sadoransky and Thaddeus Young. Uh, Sadoransky's guaranteed five million; he gets up to ten million on August second, and then uh, Thaddeus Young guaranteed six million. That climbs to fourteen point two million on August second. So, so we'll see um, you know how that goes. And then they've got a team option on Ryan Archidiakono. My guess is they're probably going to decline that um if for no other reasons just for roster spot flexibility and they could always bring him back uh later if they wanted to bulls could be a cap space team um if they you know wipe the books clean of their stuff and that would mean laurie markinen gets renounced so no qualifying offer there i'm i'm hearing that he's not really in the plans for chicago anymore um so would not be a surprise if that's the way way that one goes together because he can't play with vucevic up front so so we'll see uh my favorite thing about their their one draft pick uh if you guys watch the um the no dunk sink and listen to that podcast formerly the starters uh you know trey kirby who's a chicago guy and a bulls fan whenever they say trey kirby's joining us his answer is always ayo and now they have a guy named Heyo. So I think that's kind of cool. <laughs> that, that does work out quite well. Some good synergy there. Yeah. Um, I, I, we'll I like the pick. I like the, you know, he's a guy that I like. There's questions, right? Heading into the, into next season. Sure. Is he a one? Is he a two? Where do you really want to fit? Like, you've got to figure yep. that stuff out, but that's fine. Right. He's six, four, six, five, six, ten wingspan, good defensive ability, a uh, little bit turnover prone, but this is a guy that, that I think could step in and, and help a team. There's also some questions about his shot mechanics and things of that nature, but I mean, look at thirty. I didn't think he was going to be there at thirty-eight. So you can't you can't no, yeah. fault them on the talent. Like this is this is great. I thought he was a first-round pick. So uh, I think the Bulls did did just fine here, and now they're set up for what's going to be an extremely important offseason. They're really going for it. This is a playoff or bust type season. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if they wind up a landing spot for Lonzo Ball as well. Yeah, they they've been rumored on him for months now we've been hearing uh, that somebody we even heard at the trade deadline yep. that they might be trying to trying to pull something off for Lonzo so yeah I that's that's definitely something there all right Cleveland Cavaliers they they went with the guy they were rumored to take for a while Evan Mobley with, with the third pick and then that was it that was all they did uh draft pick wise um I like Mobley I think that's a good fit we'll see how he does with Jared Allen you know that's 
can they play together or not? That's it's going to be interesting. Do they even keep Allen? Does this free up to if Allen's bidding gets crazy in restricted free agency? Um, you know, we'll see. And then they made the trade, and I know you have thoughts on that one. Uh, it was a uh, Ricky Rubio coming in to Cleveland, Torian Prince in a second round pick, and Cash going off to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Timberwolves side, just in case uh, you only listen to the East side, they did it to create a little wiggle room under the luxury tax. Cavs picking up another guard. Yeah, I, I like this, actually. I like this for Cleveland, and I, and I think what I like about it the most is the flexibility, right? Because you can spin this either way. This isn't tipping your hand on a Colin Sexton. There were there were people who were no. saying, <laughs> oh, Colin Sexton's gone then, right? No, not necessarily. I mean, the, we've got a number of teams. Sure. The NBA is a copycat league, so we've got a number of teams talking about, hey, who's going to be our Chris Paul? The Pelicans are already talking about that. Hey, Kyle Lowry, come be our Chris Paul this season. Help a young team make the leap to the next level. You can sell it that way as Rubio's just coming in to be the Cavs version of Chris Paul, be a veteran guard. Doesn't mean he has to start or anything like that. Just be a veteran presence out there that can help organize the team. And then if you do wind up having a Colin Sexton trade that shows up and that you like, great. You can make that move and Rubio's in your starting lineup and all is is just fine. So that's what I like about this is that you're, you're (laughs) already set up. You're already set up in order to, in order to make the trade if you want to, but you're not in a position where you have to with Rubio, particularly on, a, on an expiring contract. You just made me feel really old. <laughs> that like we're, th- This is where we're at with Ricky that he's Rubio. He's the veteran, right? Like, I he's know. Like the vet- <laughs> I still feel like he's the kid from Spain, right? And I, I, so I was, I was like, how old is Ricky Rubio? He's, he's going to be 31 at the start of the season. I mold and wash, oh, man. man. I'm done. Just, you know, put, put, put me out to pasture. Uh, yeah, I don't think this definitely means the Sexton trade is coming either. Um, teams are transitioning into this multiple ball handlers on the floor at all times. We know the Sexton uh, can play off the ball, does that quite a bit with Darius Garland. Uh, it's already better than any of the mess they rolled out behind those two guys. Um, as, as a backup point guard, last year that that, that spot was just a disaster area for, for the Cavs, uh, especially with Matthew Delvadova. We know now he's headed back home to Australia uh, to continue his career. Um, I thought you were going to say you really liked that it re- reunites Ricky Rubio with Kevin Love. Yes, that's, that's the <laughs> that's, other piece. You know, there's, there's that part of it too. That was great. Um, I want I wanted to get your take on something too because yeah. this is a guy I know you're familiar with because he was your guy once upon a time. There was a lot of reports yesterday from a handful of different people, which when it's a few different people saying it, you think there's something to it, that they, they want to get off Larry Nance Jr., Get, get rid of his contract, almost kind of salary dump. But that seems weird to me. Yeah, that that is kind of, I mean, he's such a versatile player. You could play him at the three or the four, even the five uh, at times, if you really want to. As a, the best as a defensive player, player on that team by far. Solid defender, yeah. hustle guy, high character guy. I mean, he's the kind of guy that you should want to have on the Cavs. If you're a, you know, a young team, you're up and coming. Uh, that, that, that surprises me as well. I wouldn't imagine that he's a, he would be a guy that they'd be looking to get rid of. And I think there should be suitors for him. If uh, if they do indeed want to do that, there should be a number of teams stepping up to try to get him. Uh, again, he's not he's not the kind of guy that's going to put it put you over the top or anything. It's not like, say, Golden State goes and gets him and everybody says, oh, that's it, Golden State's number one in the yeah. West now. No, that's, that's not Larry Nitt. But he's a, a good player who can come in, fill a role on a team, and uh, and get the job done for you. So I don't think... I don't think that's a move they should make, honestly. And obviously it depends on what they can get back in return. If they get something good, great. But he's not a guy I'd be looking to salary dump. 
Yeah, to, to, I get that the front court's getting a little crowded, right? Because now you get Allen, Mobley, Love, you get him. Um, I get it, but that's not the guy I'd be moving on from either. But if they do, ten point seven million fits nicely into the remaining eleven million of the Gordon Hayward trade exception for the Boston Celtics. I'd be all over that if I was Boston. You know, even even if that was like, well, we want Romeo Langford back, or we want one of your young wings. Good, done. Moving on, we're going to take that. Also, last thing on the Cavs that I have is let's keep an eye on Kevin Love here. Um, I think we might be in range of maybe a Blake Griffin-ish buyout yeah. uh, kind, of, kind of opportunity there, potentially free him up, let him go play with somebody else if he wants. Uh, you know, I don't like USA Basketball to run Kevin Love under the that bus the bad. way they did. That uh, was bad. You know, that, I, that was a really bad look. I, I don't – I mean, it sounds like to me he thought he could play and, you know, wanted to try to play and he's not ready. And so you're trashing the guy for it? I mean, that's not cool. I, it's, you know, that's – let's just say there's a reason some guys don't want to play for USA basketball. I, you know, that's a, that's not a good look when you're trying to, you know, sell stars on coming and spending money. And the Cavs can't be happy either. I mean, look there, any shot they had of training him is now, I mean, that took, obviously it was tough to begin with, but that took a hit as well because who's, who's going to trade for him now when team USA is saying, Oh yeah, he looked terrible when he was out there. That's yeah. It's just, it's just not good. I don't like it. Yeah. All right. The Detroit Pistons should have been their night if the uh, Lakers didn't come in and Russell That's Westbrook right. them right off the planet. Um, but Cade Cunningham, number one, um, they didn't get cute. They took the best player in the draft, best all around player in the draft, uh, best all around player maybe to hit the draft in any number of years. Um, you know, he can really defend. He can score at all three levels. He can handle the ball. He can shoot. He can pass. He can rebound. can kind of do it all. I, I am as sold that Cade Cunningham will be a star coming in as I was just about anybody. Super duper star like Zion AD at the top of the draft. Not quite there, but I, I think this kid's going to be really, really good. Um then in the second round, uh, they traded out of one of their picks that uh, went to Charlotte. We'll talk about that when we get to the Hornets. They drafted Isaiah Livers, local kid, went to Michigan. Uh, again, Trevor, tell me if, I, if you've heard me say this one before. A wing with good size because um, okay. you know, that's what he is and that's what everybody is. And then Luca Garza, the National College Player of the Year, the big man, uh, brought in as well. Um, there he is uh, you know, going to be a center and they could maybe use some center depth because they traded away Mason Plumlee. Yeah. Um, um, before right. the draft to the Charlotte Hornets. We'll talk about his fit there, but a little odd that you just signed him last year. Didn't think he was really bad for them, but they moved on from him already. I mean, I didn't like the contract that they gave him last year, so it makes sense to me why they would, if there was an opportunity to move on from him, okay, that's fine. But uh, but look, the the big storyline here is Kate Cunningham goes to the Pistons. They didn't they didn't do something crazy. They didn't move the pick or anything like that. They listened to some offers. They Uh-oh, breaking uh-oh. news. The Boston Celtics are trading Tristan Thompson to Atlanta for Chris Dunn in a 2023 second-round pick. It frees up about $4 million more in cap space for the Celtics. Yeah, I was going to say. Or not cap space, tax space. I was going to say, he's only like $5 million or so for, for Chris Dunn. Yeah. Um, I mean, Dunn, a good defensive first guard. I mean, a little bit of talent duplication there with Marcus Smart. But I think Dunn is not done. <laughs> Um, no, Chris, Chris Dunn, I think is just fine. Um, no problems there with him joining the Celtics and the Celtics don't really need Tristan Thompson right now. And, and so there've been a long talk, a lot of talk, especially with Al Horford coming back into town. It's been a lot of talk that he will be moved. And, uh, and now that's happening. Uh, Thompson going to the Hawks, backing up Capella, somebody that can go in there. Kong will remember he's out. 
Oh, so that's, that's what yeah, it is. That's, that's big for them. I was like, okay, all right, that makes sense. That makes sense for the Hawks yeah. as well to, to add a big that can help them out on the boards. A veteran guy in particular who's been through a lot in this in the league. Um, solid setting setting screens for a guy like Trey Young. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see the appeal for this trade for both sides. So no issues with that. We almost got through a uh, a Bruno Caboclo, Bruno Fernando. Uh, He's got to mean Bruno Fernando. <laughs> it, that, then that makes sense because it needs to be something else to make the salary match work. Yeah. But he said Bruno Caboclo, but I think he means Bruno Fernando. Yeah, he just deleted it. Watch. Well, let, let's react to this live and see if I'm right. He's going to come back and say Is Bruno it? Fernando. Come on, Woj. Tight, you can do it, faster. Woj. You can do it. Work those thumbs on that phone. Let's go. Oh, man. Yeah. Maybe not. It's, it's yeah. not It's not Bruno Caboclo. He's not on an NBA roster, so it's not him. Well, All right. we'll, see. We'll, we'll, we'll We'll figure it out when we get there. Man, yeah. we almost made it through a show without making it uh, super Boston related. <laughs> oh, maybe he didn't delete it. Hold on. Somebody just tweeted... Uh, Tristan Thompson in Atlanta? That's dangerous. <laughs> okay. That's All right. It's got to be Bruno Fernando. He's not fixing it, but it's got to right. be. No, uh, late night for Woj. <laughs> Probably very sleepless <laughs> oh, night for him. We're tired. Woj is exhausted. There's no question. Yeah, right? Because <laughs> we went to bed at some point. Well, he was still breaking two-way in camp deals. Right. Um, all right. Uh, Pistons, we don't want to cut him short. Yeah, the Plumlee... I mean, I guess. I don't know. I, I thought he was all right for them. I like Isaiah Stewart a lot. He's now going to eat all the center minutes that he can have. Uh, Jalil Okafor is there. And it's um, they, they can now get to, and I project them to do it, get to about $17.5 million in cap space. Um, so that's enough to add another center option or two or three because that's what Troy Weaver did all the last offseason in the first five minutes of the offseason. So so let, let's see let's see what happens um, yeah, well, with that one. All right, ready to keep going? Let's do it. After our little breaking news interview, Indiana Pacers, uh, how much noise was there about the Pacers oh, trading basically everybody? Yep. Um, and then they sat right where they were uh, and drafted Quis Duarte. Um, the, the guard out of Oregon, a uh, lot of teams seem to like him. Yes. Uh, he was the first senior off the board, 13th pick, um, came to the game a little later than some people do. Uh, he's a kid out of the Dominican Republic, um, and then made his way up to, to Oregon. Um, but yeah, I really like him. I th- think that's a really nice fit, uh, for the Pacers they, they, they need another, um, you know, uh, creator that can kind of give, a. Karis Levert and Malcolm Brogdon arrest on occasion. So I, I think that's that's good. And because of Levert's unique skill set, you can do some interesting things with that roster construction where you can slide him over and play the super big, rangy, long, uh, quick group and stuff. So I really kind of like this move for them. Yeah, and look, there were a lot of teams that were trying to trade up to get Duarte. It's, it's interesting because originally he was he had some buzz around, you know, maybe the mid-20s, somewhere in there, maybe end of the first round, yeah. and then just kept rising. And then suddenly, like, what, two days before the draft, it's like his stock just went straight up, right? And next thing you know, he went from being, like, somebody that you were going to see maybe around 21 to the Knicks or something like that. And and then he's mm-hmm. getting looks at 13 to where teams were trying to trade up just to get him before the 13th pick. And, this, again, this is why I think the Spurs missed out on an opportunity if somebody else would have jumped up to get him. But nice fit with the Pacers. 
uh, like him a lot, and then they were also able to snag the 22 pick, which uh, the Lakers yeah. had gotten. They got it from the, uh, the yeah. Wizards and got Isaiah Jackson. Yeah, for Aaron Holiday. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of interesting. Holiday, he, he never really got traction yeah. in Indiana. Uh, every time he played, he would play, and then he'd be back out of the rotation. My guess is this one was designed on lowering their, their guaranteed money a little bit and maybe bringing bring back T.J. McConnell. Um, because this is a team that's again right around the tax, um, and they, you know they'd like to bring back McConnell and McDermott if they can. Um, so yeah, that's that was my guess was around this one. So Aaron Holiday, we'll talk about him with the Wizards, and then in the second round they they did kind of an interesting thing uh, there, which kind of allowed them to make the trade to go get Isaiah Jackson. Um, they traded four second round picks to the Milwaukee Bucks for the 31st pick in the second round. So they traded their two second rounders that, that they had um, or in 60 and two future seconds uh, to go get the 31st pick. Um, and then that 31st pick, they spun off to Washington with holiday for the pick to go get Isaiah Jackson. So just, you know, kind of good work there to move off yeah. of some picks. You didn't necessarily want if you're Indiana to create another guy. So yeah, pr- productive day, but Pacers, man, we, we got to keep an eye on this team for now because there's stuff happening with them. They're they're involved in too many rumors for there not to be some kind of trade uh, coming down the line with them. A uh, little piece of news with them: they they uh, Kevin Pritchard did announce that the team will pick up, up the team option on Edmund Sumner, uh, okay. so he'll be back with, with them. Yeah, all right, I, the I, champs. Yeah, let's do oh, it. Go ahead. I was just going to say I, I agree right. with you. I think there's moves coming for the Indiana Pacers. Yeah. Would surprise me if Miles Turner starts the season with them. I agree. I, I think he's the champs, the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, so in the draft, did not have a first round draft. Traded it um, to get PJ Tucker. Um, if right, I think maybe I don't remember. I think <laughs> so. Sure. I think that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, I'm pr- I'm fairly certain that's what it was. It could, yeah, because it was that mess where they had to take the protections off a pick and all this other stuff moving around. So, yes, they went and got P.J. Tucker. Uh, clearly that worked out. They won the championship. They brought in two guys in the second round. Um, I'm going to butcher his name, but I think it might be as it kind of reads. Sandro Mamus Kaleshvili. Ish in that range. Uh, that's about as, Sandro? as as close as I can get to it. <laughs> Sandman. Sure. Yeah, and then then a a, a kid um, from Greece, and uh, guess what, Trevor, a wing with size. Hey, there uh, you go, uh, Georgios Kalatzikis, I believe, or Zakis. Um, I should have the pronunciation got up, but it's too late in the show to to mess around with that now. Um, but yeah, the the Sandro kid, Sandman, out of Seton Hall. They that's a big big guy who can really score the ball. So I think they really like him, um, you know, there. So I think that is, um, you know, uh, a nice piece of work for, for them to get, get him uh, kind of late in the draft. And for the Bucks, though, it's, it's not really about the draft. It's about what can you do to keep Bobby Portis around? Uh, how are you going to fill this out? Are a couple of the young guys going to take a step forward in rotation roles? Dante DiVincenzo get healthy, but this team's probably going to look pretty similar provided they can keep Portis and Tucker to what they looked like last year. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was a little bit surprised to see them move back from 31. Like it, there was some real talent still on the board at 31. Let's say they didn't get guys. And look, if at the end of the day, they really liked the players here at the back of the draft, just as much then fine. You got two of them. It's where you would have got one, but I personally, I probably would have stayed at 31 and just picked up somebody there. 
that uh, that can step in and provide a little bit more help in the immediate future. But again, if either one of these guys hits, then this was a great move. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. There's there's no uh, no no real reason. <laughs> I'm just I'm not. So we're moving on to the Atlanta Hawks now, and I'm just a little stunned that they, he still hasn't corrected it. Yeah. It's it's got to be Bruno Fernandez. <laughs> this. So just so you guys know, this is where I get with this transaction stuff. I'll be sitting here when it's you know two in the morning next week and deals are breaking and something seems off and I'm going to be super frustrated and I'll be texting uh, Trevor and everything. Yeah. Bobby, Bobby Marks just chimed in. It's Bruno Fernandez. Oh, uh, there yeah. you go. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it just, it had to be, he's the only Bruno on the roster. Um, so yeah. So Tristan Thompson going to the Hawks, um, you know, they think we kind of like that one for them, um, you know, to, to back up. We're not going to spend a whole extra lot of time on that. We already reacted to it live in the moment. Uh, but in, the draft the hawks uh a uh, couple picks that i think everybody kind of likes for them jalen johnson uh he's still kind of a mystery box kid out of duke he's a forward uh he left duke early um didn't kind of really fit in there didn't seem like the typical duke kid in a way um but a lot of people are like, don't hold that against him. The other stuff was happening, it sounds like. So, you know, wipe his slate clean. But, yeah, a bouncy athletic forward who can do some stuff. 20th pick in the draft. Why not if you're Atlanta? This is a depth piece now for you uh, behind a good group of forwards. But in the second round, Sharif Cooper at 48. This is a guy people thought might go late in the first round. And they got him in the back half of the second round. And a lot of people love this kid. I'm not as high on him because he's tiny and he can't really shoot, yeah, that's the problem. but he's tough. He's very fast and he's probably the best passer in the draft. And when you're kind of taking shots at upside for backups behind Trey Young, I, I, I think Atlanta did really, really well with this guy. If you get the best anything in the draft at the 48th pick, you did, you did just fine. Right. And like you said, yeah. he's probably the best yep. passer in the draft. There's concerns and that's why he fell to 48. But at one point he was getting mocked. In the early 20s, even late teens, I yeah. saw him. And so for yeah. him to be there sitting up Knicks fans, I know, were clamoring for him. And, um, you know, in the first round, they, they wanted him with one of their, their people. Uh, let's see. Mamu Kalashvili. Mamu Kalashvili. Hmm. All right. I'm going to forget that probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> thanks to uh, John Wall for MVP in the chat. Uh, for for shouting out that pronunciation guide out there. All right, let's go with uh, the Charlotte Hornets. Busy day for them. They added Mason Plumley. Um, I like Mason Plumley for them, and it's funny because now they're one they're one Plumley short from a full set. Uh, they're <laughs> one Zeller short from a, from a full house of Plumleys and Zellers um, for that have come through there. But they needed a big. They're collecting they them like infinity center. stones. There it is, right? <laughs> yeah, they they have two more to go. Um, I I guess I'm just higher on Mason Plumlee than a lot of people are. I think he can pass. I think he can rebound. I think he's a passable defender at that position. Um, I like his ability to get up for lobs, playing with uh, Lonzo or Lonzo Lamelo. Um, no, I'm not tipping anything off there. Uh, Lamelo, Terry Rozier, Devontae Graham, Gordon Hayward, all good passers. Um, so I I like that fit for them for. Uh, you know, a good chunk of their cap space. I, I don't hate it. Yeah, I'm fine with it as well. Uh, look, the Hornets were a team that were rumored to be interested in Montrez Harrell both last offseason and in the trade yeah. deadline. For the same, you're getting kind of similar stuff out of Plumlee in terms of just an energy big, a guy who can crash the boards hard. So you're you're checking that box for your team, not a guy who's going to demand a bunch of touches in the post or anything like that for you because that's not really what you need on this team. So I think it's a good fit for them, uh, and that works. 
Yeah, and then they added two first-rounders. James Booknight uh, slid in the draft. He was somebody who was mentioned to go in the top 10, and he dropped to 11 uh, for them. Scoring guard. Um, I don't know that they needed another guard, um, but my guess is that probably spells the end of Malik Monk's time there. Uh, clearly, to make the Plumley trade, they're going to have to um, clear some cap space, and the, the easiest way to get there is to renounce Monk and get his uh, you know somewhat sizable cap hold off the books. And my guess is that means he's probably gone and Book Knight's his uh, lower-cost replacement. Uh, but let's uh, use this as you know another opportunity to say, good on Malik Monk for figuring out his life and his career and getting things back on track with Charlotte. And I think, think he's somebody teams, he'd be a fantastic fit for the Lakers if he could come for even part of the mid-level um, or, you know, uh, or if they could get him on the minimum. You know, that that's a guy I'd be really trying to get if I was them. Sure. Uh, but back to the Hornets side of it, Kai Jones. Um, they, they, that's the guy they got with the pick they picked up from the Knicks, uh, athletic forward can really run, jump, um, do a lot of different things. Again, another guy I like, uh, throwing athletes out there with a bunch of good passers. Cause you tend to get a lot out of them if they just run the floor hard. Yeah. A super raw guy who doesn't have a ton of experience. And so it might take a little bit of time, but that's okay for the Charlotte Hornets. You know, they've got some time to build yep. this thing out and, uh, and a 19 to get a guy like that. Yeah. That's, that, that's really good work. And so if it's a kind of thing where maybe it doesn't pan out, it's a bit of a risk. But if it does, ooh, you could have some serious highlights to watch with LaMelo throwing stuff to uh, to Kai Jones. Yeah, and they gave up a protected first-round pick to the Knicks. So even if they don't turn out to be good, they still get there. With the, the second rounder that they got in, in there, because they also got a you know a, a higher second when they picked, took on Plumley from Detroit, they drafted JT Thor. And this is another kid that people were really hammering should should be a late first rounder. People really seem to like him out of Auburn. He's a you know guy who, as far as I know, is you know really gets after defensively. Another pretty good athlete. So you know. But yeah, I, I like this. I like that as a value play because uh, he's somebody who was continually mentioned to be there. And then they, they um, with their last pick in the first round or second round, uh, the 56th pick, Scotty Lewis. Um, Scotty Lewis was a one-time high recruit, uh, went to the University of Florida. Uh, considering what the Hornets have done with late-round guards on occasion, I'm going to keep an eye on this one yeah. um, because they, they, they seem to have a little bit of magic there with, with, with those guards. Yeah, absolutely. Can't, I, I think they had – a really solid draft night. I mean, it's hard to complain about any of these picks, particularly when a dude's last name is Thor. Like you get extra credit just for that. But uh, but I think he, he they had a great night. And uh, look, this is a team on the rise. And uh, I'm look if you're a league pass subscriber, put this on your list because Charlotte's going to be a fun team oh, to yeah. watch for a long time to come. No doubt. Uh, Ash is asking in the chat, can teams start signing free agents on August 2nd? They can start negotiating with free agents on August 2nd. Uh, they, signings will be allowed at noontime on August 6th. And that's when the moratorium ends, and that's when deals will start going official. Realistically, you will start hearing, though, pretty quickly who's going where. It'll be player X, yeah. uh, you know, intends to sign with Six team PM. Y, but it just can't be, yeah. it can't actually be signed until August 6th. Yeah, and I mentioned this on on our show that we lost to the uh, netherworld. <laughs> um, there was a memo sent around to agents and teams, um, and, as well as some players and other people saying, 
6 p.m. August 2nd is when free agency negotiations open. And that was a designer of we do not want a Bogdan Bogdanovich no. situation. And that came jointly uh, from my understanding from the NBA and the NBA Players Association. So everybody's in agreement. Let's not have all these deals leaking out at, uh, you know, uh, Friday night, Saturday night and those kind of things. Let's wait till Monday and get these done. Trevor, we're almost there, man. And this one's going to be quick. All right. I mean, he they did nothing they did at the nothing. draft. They did nothing. Um he offseason, we, we've already talked about it quite a bit, uh, mostly revolves around they want to have cap space, so they're going to pursue Kyle Lowry or another point guard. Are they going to resign their own guys? What are they going to do with Duncan Robinson? Kendrick Nunn. Lots of options for the Heat, a lot of different directions they can go. But we're running long on time. We'll talk about the Heat when they actually start making moves. Uh, two big things that will signal what direction they're going is Goran Dragic's team option and Andre Guadala's team option. August 1st for both of those, if they they uh, uh, decline both of those, we'll know they're probably going the cap space route this summer. And then we'll expect something big. All right. My adopted hometown had a hell of a night they at the sure draft. Did. The Orlando Magic. I, I think if we were doing uh, winners and losers, I think the Orlando Magic might be at the top of my list. And they did it by just sitting there. Uh, Jalen Suggs dropped into their laps at fifth uh, after the Toronto Raptors passed up on him. Then they got Franz Wagner um, at eighth. Uh, then they traded traded their other pick. That one we didn't talk about uh, that the Clippers got him. I believe it was uh, Jason uh, Preston. Um, interesting. Do you know the story with Jason Preston? I don't. He was a blogger. Oh, oh yes, for yes, Piston yes, yes. Powered. Right. Yeah, he actually was a blogger for Piston Powered. I the the sad part is he he's an Orlando kid. Um, but you know, he, he moved on to Ohio, but really cool story that he got drafted and, you know, we, we've seen bloggers become uh front office people and stuff. I don't think we've seen one become a player. So, you know, that's kind of cool. Sign me. Um, you know, but yeah, I'm super excited for him. Fill? I will sit on your bench and take up a spot. There no, it no, is. No, do, do not put me <laughs> you, in the you game. You don't blog anymore. You only there. talk. That's right. I'll sit on the bench and talk. <laughs> you don't write anymore. I'll do that. Oh, there it is. Yeah. You talk, cheer everybody there on. It is. I can do you be Jared Dudley. I can do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure they can't do better for a minimum contract. Um, yeah, so back to the magic. As, as, look, we made it this far without getting off the rails. We did well. We're down to our next to last team, and we didn't we didn't get off the rails. So now I'm proud of us. Um, Orlando Magic, though, Jalen Suggs, absolutely what this team needed. 100%. They needed anybody who could be a creator, a scorer, go get their own shot, do some stuff. I've heard some people be like, they already have Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz. I do not care. It doesn't matter. Play them all together. Figure it out. Throw all those guys out there. The next season, two seasons maybe for Orlando, play weird lineups. Let Jamal Mosley get get in the lab and experiment and get kind of funky with things. But you, the number one thing you need in the NBA, if you're ever going to be successful, you need guys who can create offense. And Jalen Suggs, if there's one thing I'm certain he's going to be able to do, is create offense. I, I think that's a home run pick. For the magic. I want to know what the magic draft room looked like when pick four came in and it was not Jalen Suggs. I, I I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall there because they there's yeah, I don't think they were anticipating Suggs being there, but they had to be thrilled because he is a great fit. You talk about building culture, he will help you out there. This is a, a perfect fit for them. And then Franz Wagner. But but does this mean Mo Wagner is gonna stick around? I wonder with uh it might with Orlando, I wouldn't be surprised right, just to have that kind of support system in there. Yeah. Um, and, but again, yeah, have the two brothers there, yeah, but great fit. And uh, I like Orlando yep. had a great, great draft night. And uh, look, they, they still have a long way to go, but this is a, an excellent yep. step for them. 
Keep an eye on Terrence Ross. Sounds yes. like he could be on the move. Uh, a, lot, a lot of teams like him, very tradable contract with that. Uh, someone asked in the chat just before we go to the Wizards to close us out, uh, with the Celtics acquisition of Chris Dunn, would you expect to see Pritchard on his way out? Absolutely not. No, it's going to have no impact on that at all. We don't even know how healthy Chris Dunn is. He only got healthy at the very end of last season uh, there. So, no, I don't think anything with that. Uh, then, yeah, so last team, Washington Wizards. Didn't do much. This was not planned. I promise we bookended it. I wish That's we were right. that smart. We did. But we we did it. It's just thank you, you know, alphabet yeah. and geography. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for for I learned learned my letters back in the day. <laughs> uh, yeah. Big trade. You know, we already talked the Lakers side quite a bit. Uh, this side from the Wizards. This is about putting depth and pieces around Bradley Beal to keep him happy and try to keep him home. Um, we'll see how many of those guys stick. I know there's the Spencer Dinwiddie rumors. There's other you know stuff out there that they could move guys on uh, with this. But I, I, as much as like, like I said, I, I don't really like it for the Lakers. Um, I think this is a home run trade for the Wizards. Mm-hmm. He cleared that Westbrook con- contract off the books um they needed to do something to start clearing up that that cap sheet uh yeah he took on some money long term with kuzma but 13 million dollars for kyle kuzma perfectly fine um and no i'm not saying that because now he's not a laker i'm not that guy i don't do that i said all along you said that, that about kuzma when, he, when he was in purple and gold too yeah and i said that when the lakers fans thought yeah. he sucked and thought he should be making fun dollars an hour um so yeah so you know i think Cal- caldwell pope fantastic addition for the wizards just like he was good uh with the lakers i think you know a guy who can defend hit some shots and do some things there um i'm curious to see what they do at point guard now let's let's see how they remake that power forward positions a little bit of a mess because kuzma bertans hachimura all together I don't know, you know, I'm already hearing, you know, maybe we'll play Bertans as a small ball five some, right? Because offensively that could work. I think defensively that's a train wreck. Uh, there's already been some people saying Kuzma at the three. I've seen that movie. That doesn't that's what he well. was last season um, with the Lakers. Was yeah, mostly. yeah. So I don't really like that one. So, but now you could move another guy and you know deal from a little bit of a position of strength there. So. That's kind of where it's at, yeah, with, with, with the Wizards. And then uh, dra- draft-wise, they moved off of that pick um, that, that they got from the Lakers. Uh, that one got moved on to Indiana. Uh, but they drafted Corey Kispert, um, arguably the best shooter in the draft. But he's more than just a shooter. He can handle the ball. He's a pretty good passer. He can do some stuff. I kind of like it for them. They, they don't have anything resembling a real three on this team. Uh, Denny Avdia, maybe he's the three, maybe he's not. We don't know yet. Uh, but I think Kispert could be their three, and I, I think he's pretty good. Um, so I, I I think that pick's not bad. And then, then they did their upside play in the second round with the first pick of the second round that they acquired from the Pacers and ultimately the Bucks with Isaiah Todd. He was one of the, another one of the G League Ignite kids, a big man forward, athletic kid. Um, you know, so there. So I like what they did at the draft. I like the trade for them. So now it's Get it right around Bradley Beal or next year our conversation is going to be where's Bradley Beal going? Right, exactly. But I, I do think this was a good night for them. Uh, the Westbrook trade, that, that was the most you could expect to get for Westbrook, right? I mean, you kind of replaced the first round pick that you had to give up in the John Wall trade. So they yeah. they did really good work here in order to move that, that big contract. They found a team that wanted a win now piece like Westbrook that was motivated to take on a, that kind of a contract. And so, you know, it, it works out great for them. They may end up flipping some of these pieces in other deals um, in terms of yep. Kuzma, Harrell. They could go out elsewhere, and you could see the uh, the Wizards still pick up some other assets. But I, I like what they did in the draft as well. Corey Kispert, I mean, again, can't complain about getting shooting. 
So overall, solid night. But I think the biggest development was Bradley Beal. Not say, saying he wasn't yeah. going to ask out. Like, that's the most important yep. thing. Washington, you know, a lot of guys, a lot in that situation would have wanted out last year, right? They, they wouldn't have wanted to stick yep. around with this team. But the Wizards have found a star-level player who is very, very dedicated to stay with that team. And so my hope, fingers crossed, is that they are able to build a solid team around him and do it quickly because I don't want to see them have to go down that path with Bradley Beal where he asks out and then they're dealing with a trade situation. Yeah, I agree. And, and that, that's, you know, the biggest one of all. So I, I think that is absolutely, you know, massive for, for them. I, I, I love that. So, yeah, it's I, it's it's great. They stick around. We like when these guys, you know, st- stick it out there. So uh, that's it, man. We made it. Hey, we, we did, did it. it. All 30 teams. We talked to all 30 teams here. Uh, anybody in the chat make it the whole way with us here on this live stream? Shout it out in the chat. For sure. Love it. So we, we love you guys. Um, I can't say enough the incredible amount of support you all have given us here on NBA front office show. Uh, we're over 6,300 subscribers in about a month. Um, our videos are doing really well. Tell your friends. Um, we will be back daily, maybe even multiple times a day throughout free agency, yes. breaking everything down. Um, we're at least going to do a, uh, uh probably a, some form of nightly wrap up show, uh, for at least what the first three, four nights of free agency or so, uh, will probably come a little later. Cause, uh, Trevor and I will be on very different time zones, uh, but we'll figure all that out, but get into the late stuff. So we love you guys. Look, look at Trevor, man. One, two, three, four people. Well, at least four people watch the whole thing. I wow. I, I am stunned. Troopers. I, you, you guys are the best. Yeah, Trooper, you guys man, we, are the best. We got some some marathon runners here, but, uh, but yeah, we're right here. We just hit the two-hour mark, so good spot. Perfect. All right, everybody. Look at that. Thanks so Thanks, much for, guys. for sitting through the whole thing, and uh, and, and – uh, and chatting along with us. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.